When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's Wednesday night here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you all for joining. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. Also, stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. And we got the full crew in here today. We got Chase Thornton at the top right, Adam LaRue at the bottom right, and Chris Dowhower right below me. How we doing, fellas? Getting by. Let's get this done. Let's do it. <laughs> Chase, you okay for Wednesdays over there? Was that, you know, no, I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk some football. I was at the doctor for an hour and a half yesterday. You know, I've talked to you yeah. about it. I've been sick forever. Don't hold it against me. But So I got to pop some medicine open here. But yeah, if uh, my computer... If my visual cuts out, it's because I'm doing some nasal maintenance, and none of you guys wants to see that and watch that. So, but let's, uh, you know, let's get it no, going. I think I think we do. Just like <laughs> yeah. somebody has to use this degree. Like, hold on, <laughs> disagree with that take. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how are we doing today? I'm just wondering, can it be any worse than watching the Jets' offense this past week? I mean, <laughs> I think even Chase's. Uh, Booger snot could be more exciting. So, yeah, I'm, well, I'm doing okay. Excited did. to be here. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, no, it's so, so I'm excited to be here. Feeling a little underdressed. Don't have my jersey on. So, but <laughs> I know I got a polo on. We got two jerseys on the side here. And then Chris just shows up in a regular V-neck. Like, oh, well, I guess me. Yeah. Adam, how are we doing? You got the Colts jersey on. Yep, uh, two and one, top of the division. Feel pretty good. Didn't really expect it that start, um, but here we are. So let's just see where it takes us. Colts, Houston, everybody else. Yeah, (laughs) everybody else, just absolutely moronic. This is the NFL, folks. That's what it's all about. And today is our Operation Domination episode, which means we're going to be previewing everything fantasy football and betting-wise that we possibly can. I will have to say, the books, uh, they were a little bit slow on some of the player props. They don't have as many as I normally do, so we'll we'll get by with what we do. The Thursday night game is always full-packed of them, though. So why don't we just go ahead and just dive into that first match? The Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers here. Lions going on the road. Divisional rivalry. We may get a sighting from Christian Watson. We may get a sighting from Aaron Jones. Uh, I think it's more of a long shot, but maybe David Montgomery here. Everybody listed as questionable, so make sure you are watching those injury reports as we go into the games tomorrow. Big stuff, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But right now, Detroit Lions, they are favored in this game at minus one and a half. Uh, The over-under sitting here at 45. Now, 
I have a few stats here. There's no value in this game as far as betting on the lines go. Uh, Detroit is three and two as one and a half point favorites. Green Bay Packers are four and two as one and a half point underdogs. Uh, both these teams are kind of out of their element. Like Green Bay Packers are better at home. Detroit's not as good on the road, but Detroit looks like the better team. And the 45, that's that's about where these guys have been scoring right now. Detroit's defense has played a little bit better. Their offense hasn't put up as many points. I see no value here, so I'm out. I, I can't I can't bet on any of these lines. I'm sorry, guys. I don't have anything good for you. Anybody have a tidbit there they want to throw in? No? No, stay away. Yeah. Stay no. away from this one. There's be- there's better games that- to be choosing on this weekend. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not loving it. Uh shout out to you, Javier Machado. What's good, guys? How are y'all doing? How are you doing today? Uh okay, so we got up, we got Jared Goff, of course, Jordan. Love golf. Streaming quarterback, his though, this is where I do cash some tickets. I am cashing the under on Jared Goff here at 254 and a half passing yards. He's actually gone under that mark. Actually, I'm sorry, he's only gone over that mark twice on the road since 2022. So all about Jared Goff going on the under 254 and a half passing yards. So that's one bet I do like this week. Jordan Love. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Jordan Love. I'll get the Packer fan in here, of course. Now, I'm a little bit ahead of ECR. I got him at QB 16. I got him at 18. Basically, we have him in QB 2 streaming territory. But what's crazy to me is that through the first three weeks, Jordan Love is the QB 3 right now, despite having a 53% completion percentage, and he's still the 40th. If you want to get adjusted completion, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's the wide receivers. Maybe they're dropping things. No, no, no. He's 40th. He's the 40th quarterback. There's 32 teams and 32 starting quarterbacks, and he's the 40th quarterback in just the completion percentage. So it is on him, 100%. And yet, he's still the QB4 overall right now because he's getting two touchdowns a game. He ran one in last week. Chase, what do you think make this Jordan Love thing? I had him on my stash for the waiver wire ranking, so you loving him fantasy-wise? What do we got? Uh, I have, I am at 15. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you a little bit ahead of UCR. Not, not much, but yeah, I have him on the quarterback two and, and streamer radar right now. Um, listen, I, you know, like you said, he's got a young receiver core right now. I don't necessarily know that they're always on the same page with each other and, and him throwing the ball kind of all over the place that he's, he's had opportunities. He's had instances where he's looked a little amped, a little nerved. Um, he's had some weird things happening in the backfield where like all of a sudden he'll just, yeah, he'll be like stumbling around and just try and launch one kind of sidearm off to the side. He's trying to make things happen. I think he's maybe trying to make things happen a little too much right now. Uh, he's been efficient. He's been efficient with the throws in terms of the fantasy scoring, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of his, his accuracy, it just hasn't quite been there and it has to improve for him to continue to be, you know, to continue being at this level in fantasy. He won't, he won't stay this high in fantasy rankings if he can't continue to hit the ball. Now I think that Christian Watson coming back helps him. Um, I don't necessarily know that it helps him in his, in his accuracy though. It might help him score more. And Hey, if he keeps scoring and he keeps being usable, we'll keep running him out there. But the, uh, the accuracy has to improve. Now he's not going to have his left tackle again tomorrow night. We've already seen that he's Bakhtiari's already been ruled out. He's been missing Elton Jenkins. It's been rough on that left side of the line, but actually overall the line still has performed pretty well. They're still ranked right at the top of the, of the league. If you look at the PFF rankings, um, he just, he really doesn't have any excuse to not come out and start to show some growth in terms of his, his accuracy. It's time. 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a chicken egg thing, right? Because he hasn't had all of his weapons at the same time, but it has, also has not really looked great. Uh, we got our first question coming in here from Adrian. Start three. Adam, I'm going to give this one to you. Bijan Robinson, Raheem Moser, Alvin Kamara, Devon H. Hahn. We're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> Tutu Atwell. Which which one will you go with? I'm going Moser, Kamara, and uh, I think I want to go Tutu. The Tutu averages have been really good so far. Uh, Mostert's been pretty comfortable, and I, I mean, something's got to give in this Saints backfield. Uh, Brian R- Robinson has been strange to me, uh, and HN, HN, whatever. Um, I want to see him outside of that game uh, get double digits touches again. I think on a per touch basis, he's the type of guy I think can be pretty cool for fantasy, but uh, him actually getting those touches is kind of what I'm concerned. I mean, we saw him be. Uh, inactive week one uh, we saw him be uh, one carry week two uh, and then they get up and then he gets 20 carries 18 carries Um, so I I, again per touch I think he's a great fit for this offense but I don't know how many touches are coming in yeah no I I tend to agree with that setup Uh, Chris here's a question for you from Richard one of our longtime guests or uh, whatever you want to say customers whatever how you want to call it Uh, standard league Need a running back, Mostert, James Conner, Alma Kamara, or Jerome Ford. My other starting running back is Eckler, if healthy. I, I got to tell you, Richard, as excited as people are, uh, and we'll find out tomorrow when I have Brian Scott on from the Angeles podcast at 930 here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but I, I'm not getting the vibe that Eckler's going to wind up playing this week. Well, I might have to wait one more week on that one. So, Chris, throw out Eckler for a second. If you're going to start one of these running backs, who's it going to be? It's a tough choice. I think I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. <clears throat> I know Buffalo's defense has been impressive, but I don't think they've seen this offense. I think what you have to do to stop the Dolphins is kind of allow them to run the ball. Um, Mostert's been one of the more effective running backs in there. I know everybody's explained about H. Han, um, but Mostert is the bell cow in that back. He was still the guy who, until that game was well out of hand. So I would probably go with Mostert. Um, Ford's not a bad play either, especially the Ravens' running defense isn't what it has been in the past. Yeah, I, I tend to. I'm way higher on four. We'll get to that. I'm way higher on four than the ECR is. Uh, Adrian, at what point do you drop Najee? Uh, well, that probably never, but if you have a loaded, stacked roster, maybe you're playing in a thinner league, uh, this is the week. If he doesn't perform this week against Houston, then then you can think about it. But otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't be in that situation where I would do it. Let's let, let's talk about the Achan thing for a, a minute here. Because uh, look, these I'm tired of these players who, after years of pronouncing their name a particular way, try to say, oh, well, my name is pronounced this way actually and it's not even close to how it's spelled send these guys to a pronunciation school and like you want it to sound this way then re-spell it if you want it to be achan get rid of the e because the e's there it's a chain dude i don't care he's too bad on, on too top old. of on top of that dude this has been your name this not this didn't come out last week you're not you're not robbie no, chosen anderson and M broadcast ever yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah at, just, at least he's a rookie Tarod was a out oh, of five, five seconds. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to call him a chain for another week because there's a part of me that thinks he's just trolling us. So <laughs> y'all chance that he's just trolling us. He's going to, he's a chain for at least one more week in my book. All right. We can get back to this Packer uh, lions game here. Uh, Aaron Jones. If he plays, you're obviously playing him in your lineup. We don't have to go through that. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if he's going to be good to go. Jameer Gibbs. 
I actually do have him as a top 10 play this week. I do like him against the Packers. They have 21st in the most points allowed to the running back situation. But I am a little curious here as far as the usage that we saw last week. Adam, help me out with this one because Craig Reynolds, he played in most of the third down longs. He played in all the two-minute drills. And I'm starting to think, well, not that I'm starting to, I kind of thought this the whole time, that they just don't trust Jameer Gibbs when it comes to pass protection. And this is eating away at what the ceiling was supposed to be at what you drafted him to be. So where are you at on him this week and moving forward? Because we know David Montgomery is going to come back at some point. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think he's still very playable this week. We saw effectively flip-flopped of what I thought last week we were going to see in this situation. I thought uh, Reynolds would be kind of taking a few carries um, you know, on the inside, those hits that you don't want to see uh, Gibbs taking uh, quite yet. And instead, we see Gibbs get 17 or so carries uh, and really maybe lose receiving work or at least not gain any. Um, so I think he's still playable while Montgomery is out, but it definitely becomes concerning, um, you know, afterwards. He could develop into pass blocking. I, I, it really just seems like in the college ranks right now, running backs aren't learning how to do it very well unless you're in a, a pro offense. There's niche cases, right? That's the only reason Kyron, in my opinion, got over acres was pass blocking. So I guess there's some schemes where you're still learning it. But um, yeah, as far as Gibbs goes, I, I guess you just kind of have to wait for that skill to develop. Um, but I, I think you were always anticipating some Montgomery being the the 60 and the 60-40 here. And you were just hoping that Gibbs was going to be kind of crazy on a per-touch basis. I think that was always should have been the assumption. Yeah, well, I, I, I 100% agree. We talked about this the whole time. You're getting too hyped on a guy who is going to be the second running back ultimately in playing time. So couldn't 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 agree more. Hey, Chris, you want to help me out with this uh, question here? He just traded uh, Pickens, Zach Moss, Tank Dell for Ridley and Devonta Smith. Did he fleece him? He definitely yes. wants to trade. I, mean, I was reading this as as Adam was doing that eloquent breakdown, and yes, absolutely. What do you you fleece the hell out of that dude? Uh, Kevin, uh, be careful about taking victory laps after one crazy <laughs> ass game. Just gonna, just gonna put that out there real fast. Uh, okay, let's. let's AJ, no, I, we should ask, but for Kevin, did you start him last week? Yes, yeah, no, nobody did. So, so that's the key. <laughs> so well, and nobody, unless you are in a dynasty where you're actively right. attempting to lose. And you're like, crap, he just fed you for Shane just lost me, Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, uh, yeah, Aton. No, he's a chain for one more week. He's a chain for one more week. calling. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, we have to talk about AJ Dillon here because I'm done with him. Do I don't care, man. Yeah, we we do unfortunately because because he he's plugged into everybody else's top twenty four. Whenever Aaron Jones is out, I'm done with him. You, you literally, even if Aaron Jones is not playing, I don't care about the volume AJ Dillon's looking down the barrel at two point seven yards per carry. He's been the RB forty eight the last two weeks. He's been the starter for Aaron Jones, and it hasn't been a great grant against great defenses here. Uh, I'm out on AJ Dillon. I'd like. I don't. I can't even consider him a handcuff because he's proving to you that he can't even get the job done when he gives the opportunity. Uh, here, Chris, I'll give it to Chris. I don't want to depress the Packer fan any any further. What, what do you got <laughs> on AJ Dillon? <laughs> well, no, I'm curious what the Packer fan has to say. Look, I think there's some expectations AJ Dillon not necessarily producing it the way that he can. Also, think game flow had a lot to do with that last week. 
I mean, look at the game and matchup. Talking about you know, top tier defenses, the Saints are pretty good versus the run. They've been pretty good against the run all season long. AJ Dillon needs holes, and um, the Packer fan alluded to with that left side that is non-existent right now in Green Bay. I don't know if PFF always ranks necessarily, but I don't see holes necessarily for AJ Dillon to be running through. He's not a guy that can make people miss. He needs to get north and south. We watched a <coughs> I'm sorry, we watched Derrick Henry run for 20 yards last week, 11 carries. It's very simple for guys who are bigger backs not to be able to make people dance. When they don't have holes like DeAndre Swift has run through, it's kind of harder. So I think A.J. Dillon isn't necessarily somebody you have to get rid of. Isn't a guy you're feeling comfortable or excited about playing this weekend necessarily. But as a guy that as the weather changes, you might appreciate A.J. Dillon a bit more down the season than you do right now. Yeah. Uh, um, he I, did run hard. Like, I mean, if you watch him. He's still running hard. He's still banging into guys. Oh, yeah, he's he running real hard in the back yeah, of that line. It, but, <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of great holes right now. And it just, yeah, he doesn't seem he's got – he doesn't seem to be making as many moves as maybe we saw him his first several years in the league. I think we all were kind of shocked at how mobile he was and how he wasn't just necessarily a straight-ahead battering ram. I think when they when they drafted him, a lot of people figured he was the Thunder and Jones was the Lightning and it was the the – cliche that we always try to make up when there's two running backs in a backfield. And, uh, and this year he just, he doesn't seem like he's moving like that. Or maybe, I don't know if he's not seeing things as well, or if it's just not there for him to see, or if something else is going on, but yeah, he's, well, he's definitely, he's, I don't want him anywhere near my roster, let alone my starting. I mean, I don't want him near my, yeah, my roster, let alone my starting line. What are you going to say, Chris? No, I, I don't want to necessarily you know, defend AJ Dillon because it could be that he just is playing really poorly. But I will say that one of the things I've been hearing is he's been working on his technique a lot about trying to keep his toes and running over his toes and doing certain things balance-wise and for making sure that he's kind of going north and south consistently. So what I think what I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt is that he's thinking, overthinking right now and not just kind of reacting. Yeah. And I think that's what you're kind of alluding to, Chase. When running it back to me, and I'm, you know, this is a Justin Fields situation per se, but this is a situation where I think guys overthinking, trying to adjust his style of running versus just kind of letting it flow. And I think that's where you're seeing that he's, he's he's focusing on just making sure he gets to certain spots, making sure he's trying to keep yeah. his balance well. And, and, dude, you made it to this level by just freaking playing. Just go play. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, let's get to the one last question, and we got to wrap up this game so we can keep moving on. Kyle, uh, Kyle Miller, shout out to you. Terry McLaurin and Kyron Williams for Waddle. Adam, would you do that deal? Uh, if I'm getting Waddle, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that- I'll take Waddle side. That is the correct answer. Uh, okay, so let's, Michael uh, Kerninski, I see your question. We'll get to it after, into the next game, so just hang tight. Uh, yeah, so let's get to uh, the rest of this team here. Dave Montgomery, I-, I would be shocked if he plays this week, being it's a Thursday. I think they give him off one more and get him back after that, so just keep your eyes on that. Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, he's a wide receiver one. I will say this, his player prop, 73.5 receiving yards. While he's been over that two of the last three games, the Packers have allowed the fifth fewest uh, yards to the wide receiver, and I had the under on Jared Goff, so I am going to also take the under on Amon Ross St. Brown at 73 and a half yards. Uh, Christian, Christian, <laughs> uh, we don't have time. Sorry, Christian Watson uh, is going to be ranked as my this, this, this. We do have to talk about if Watson's out there playing, do you put him in your lineup? I have the wide receiver 36, I don't know how much he's really going to play. And Detroit's not really a great matchup right now. They've actually been playing really well against wide receivers. Six fewest yards against the wide receivers as of this moment. 
but he only takes one play with Christian Watson, right? And if you had him on your roster, you're begging to use him. Do you take that shot at him? Uh, this week, I wouldn't hate, you know, boosting him or something like that. Oh, I 50% boosts on all of these books are crazy every week for a touchdown. Um, I wouldn't hate putting him in daily fantasy or if I'm in a, a league that has multi, like a bunch more starting spots than normal, say three wide receivers and three flexes, I'm probably playing him. Otherwise, I'm erring towards not, um, but I, I think there's probably team builds where I could see myself flexing him. Uh, I do. I feel like he fits pretty well with this, right? We've got the quarterback with the, the crazy high touchdown rate and 31% uncatchable passes, but crazy high touchdown rate. And then we've got the receiver who does nothing but catch touchdowns. So I feel like there's going to be something here, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I will say this. Uh, go ahead, Chase, real quick. No, if you watched the the Lions and the Falcons last week, everything the Falcons were trying was up the middle, up the middle, up. They were trying. They were attacking the middle of the field with their pass with their pass attack. And Watson and Dobbs are quintessential. They're outside guys. I think this is a game where Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave can work over the middle and can get a ton of work there. I think that this is a perfect week to try Jaden Reed in your DFS lineups, because I, if you watch that game, I think that this team, this Detroit team can be had over the middle of the field. That's not necessarily where Watson and Dobbs do the best work. So, um, but I would, if you've got Watson, you drafted him for this, put him in. Okay. I like that. He's healthy. I'm also taking a uh, Romeo Dobbs on over on the 38 and a half passing yards. He's getting healthier. He played 86% of the routes last week. He's getting more and more playing time. So I like him out there, especially if Watson is not able to go. Uh, Josh Reynolds, he did dud out on me last week. I don't like playing him on the road anyway, so I'm going to have him on my bench, but somebody I'm still going to keep my eye on when they're in Detroit. And as long as Jameson Williams is still suspended, uh, Jaden Reed, I'm not playing him fantasy wise. Uh, the prop, if you want to take Chase's advice, that might not be bad. It's only 35 and a half yards again i wouldn't only touch that if watson's not playing uh myself uh let's let's talk about sam laporta though chris help me out here with sam laporta so he's my tight end a ecr has him at six whatever mid-level tight end one he looked like the second pass catcher last week and that was a big reason why he finally went off oh by the way 39 and a half receiving yards his i am taking the over on over two of the last three and uh, Detroit, I'm sorry, Packers are about middle of the pack as far as tight end yards are concerned. So I am going over on that. Uh, but what do you have with Laporta? Do you think this is going to hold up? He's going to be top 10 tight end the rest of the year? Well, no, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 necessarily. Well, I mean, let's be honest. What's a top 10 tight end right now? I, I, I got I to catch myself. So to hold on, wait a minute. If you have like five points, you could be in the top 10. Um, so yes, there's a chance that he could be. I think what you're also getting a benefit from right now is what kind of you guys were talking about before with the, the running attack. Um, when Gibbs is being asked to be the Montgomery quote unquote role, I think you just see guys playing roles in Detroit in a sense. Gibbs took on the Montgomery role. Montgomery was playing some third downs that first game. People were like, oh my God, what happened? Well, now you understand Gibbs was kind of mixing in with, with Reynolds, different guys. But my point is, is he wasn't as involved in the passing attack and as a weapon. And I think that's what his his point is. And he's supposed to be the second you know receiver in that offense until they get James Williams back. I think that what you have right now is without Montgomery, you have Laporta as de facto de facto that guy. So I think he's eating right now. I think he can continue to possibly eat, but I'd be more worried as you get closer to James Williams' return and you start seeing you know the the 
Montgomery come back and kind of everybody starting to eat out of their own roles again. Okay. Uh, Luke Musgrave, by the way, I am taking the over on that 39 and a half receiving yards in his own right. He's been over two of the last three and Detroit has given up the most receiving yards to the tight end so far this season. So that wraps up our Thursday night game. Let's head into our next match. <laughs> We got a London game this week, fellas. We got Jacksonville and, of course, of course, Jacksonville at London, but taking on the Atlanta Falcons in this one. As far as injuries go, Zay Jones not looking good with the knee issue he has. I'll talk to Brian Scott tomorrow more about that, what his outlook is looking like. Jacksonville favored minus three in this game with an over-under, pretty low over-under at 43. Makes sense. Atlanta likes to muck up the game. Jacksonville has not been scoring all that well. Uh, while we talk about Trevor Lawrence there, Chase, uh, I still have him in the top 10 quarterback, but he's been QB 20 so far. I don't really put this on him, though. The play calling from Doug Peterson, it's been horrendous. It's been out of sync and out of rhythm. I have Actually, not. Yeah, it's team. Press Taylor actually calling the play. So go ahead. I'm whoever. Sorry, that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, whoever. It sucks. And there's no play is setting up the next play. Yeah. And that's that's and that's the biggest issue that I see right now when I'm looking at this Jacksonville team. Trevor Lawrence looks fine. He just looks like he's not getting any help. And the receivers look like they're not getting any help. So, Chase, talk to me about Trevor Lawrence. Are you panicking on him at all for this season? No, not at all. And if anybody else is out there and you need help at your quarterback position, if you lost Rodgers right off the bat four minutes into week one or whatever else, uh, you might have an opportunity here to try and buy low on him. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not impressed with Press Taylor and, and the play calling that's happening down there. Uh, they, they, need to start, they need to start establishing some kind of rhythm. I don't care how they do that. I don't care if they – treat Trevor Lawrence like it's his first year in a league again, or like you did at the early point of last year and just try some short throws, try something. I just talked about how last week, both teams actually were trying to attack over the middle. It wasn't just Atlanta trying to attack Detroit over the middle, Detroit trying to attack Atlanta the same way. Start getting that ball out there to Christian Kirk, who has looked good. Get the ball out there to Evan Ingram, get the man in some rhythm. Like you said, uh, you know, lead, lead the plays. Have, a, have an actual game plan, except in other than just like, well, I guess this is something we run and toss Let it. Let him run. It, oh, yeah, that too. Let him run. So, yeah, no, I'm not panicking on him. I'm like you. I have him in the top 10 again this week as well, uh, same way. Uh, it's not pretty so far, but like I said, hey, if someone else in your league is panicking and you need, you're kind of stuck at the bottom end of the quarterback pool here, you might have an opportunity to buy low, if some, especially if, if for whatever reason Sunday morning doesn't go as great as we're all hoping it does. Yeah, sure. Uh, Michael's been hanging out and waiting for a while, so Adam, let's help him out with this question. He's in a three-flex league, and he's trying to decide who to start. I'm guessing these are for his three flexes. Uh, he's got Derrick Henry, Zach Moss, Jerry Judy, Brian Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, James Conner. We're in a world where he actually had to ask this question with Derrick Henry. Uh, but yeah, who, who'd you start? Uh, I'm going to keep it with Henry. I like the matchup against Cincinnati. Their edge rush is really good, but that interior is exploitable. And I think the game script's probably a, a one that, you know, should be a pretty back and forth as far as running goes. Uh, I'm keeping Zach Moss in. I mean, he's getting the volume. What else can you do? That's kind of the state of the running back position right now. And the Colts offensive line is playing really well. Uh, finally, and I'm as shocked to say it as you are going to be to hear it. I think it's James Conner, to be honest with you. Uh, he's performing. It is what it is. This offense, I've been kind of impressed with how it's been called. Um, young OC. Um, 
and yeah, again, I, I've been impressed with it. I think that was an impressive win against Dallas and James Conner has been a, a bright spot for them this whole season. So he's a guy who I'm more concerned about his long-term health than his week to week ability right now. Yeah. You know what? I, I can't, can't argue with anything you just said. Uh, let's get back to this game then. So we got B. John Robinson. Of course, you're playing him, starting him. He's still a top five and Travis Etienne, the only silver lining right now going over the Jacksonville offense is that he's been getting a bell cow workload so you can keep playing him as a top level RB one Tyler Algier. I have him as an RB three, still a 32 this week. Cause it kind of gets ugly after like RB 30 going into this week right now, but he's played less and less since week one. He's clearly touchdown dependent. He only had 20 snaps last week, which led to seven carries and three targets. Pretty soon Tyler Algier is going to be in handcuff and handcuff only territory for me. I don't know, Chris, are, are you, or is Tyler Algier falling out of flex play for you or no? Well, until I see his offensive line show some improvement and also some of the play calling showing some improvement, it has to be. Well, I, I mean, I think what you saw last week is, yes, the game flow didn't, definitely didn't favor Tyler Algier, but you watch this offensive line to get their asses kicked. So offensive line is supposed to be good. We talked about PFF's rankings before coming into the season. They were number three. It was the offensive line supposed to – has a lot of money invested in it. It's a veteran line. has been playing together for a while, but they just simply had got out physical – and if that's going to be the issue, then you tell Algiers not one of the bigger backs. He's not going to make you miss in the backfield. He's going to have to get north and south. So I think he's a guy, though, that Atlanta offense kind of gets back on track and it isn't as putrid as it was last week. Will be a flex option again moving forward. Just not this week yet. You can't be that confident because both these offenses are going to could make it really ugly in, in, in uh, England this week. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Chase, I'd, I would love to have Eric's uh, dilemma here, but who would you go with, Kamara <laughs> right. or Tyron Williams? Yeah, who the, the hell are you putting in your first two slots if this is who you're choosing at at flex? Well, Derek Henry's um, a flex option, so geez. Well, that's, that's valid, Chris. That's actually valid. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, <clears throat> well, based on my rankings, I've got I've got Kyron up there. I don't – I mean, it's, it's a weird question. It seems like a weird question, but – we don't necessarily know yet, you know, how, how, I mean, I expect Kamara to come out. I expect him to be the lead back. What the split is between him and Kyron. doesn't matter. Chase. Sorry. We don't necessarily know, but I've got Kyron ranked at 13. I've got Alvin ranked at 19. So spe- speaking, you know, solely based on rankings, I'm I'll go Kyron on that. Did you see the offensive line with the Saints? That's, I mean, to me, this, this is, that's a no brainer. As in Kamara, as in Kyron. Well, look, I know I'm excited for Kamara too to be back, and it's exciting to actually have running backs. Dan talked about the top 30. I mean, Dan, Dan if they're not the top 10 <laughs> right, running backs, right. disgusting right now. So Alvin Kamara is like everybody's like, woohoo, Alvin Kamara. Remember what he's going to do? But remember what he did last year? I think he'll be way better at, at some point. But this offensive line is bad. I mean, like bad, bad. So you have Jameis Winston having his first game, and God knows how long. I know Alvin Kamara is supposed to come out and save people's rosters. I'd be a little nervous about sticking him in there right off the bat. While Kyron Williams is not impressive at all, you know he's the only guy that's going to touch the ball. For the you make a good point, though, that Jameis Winston was not necessarily great for Alvin Kamara's fantasy value when he played in the past. When no. Jameis Winston has been the starter, Alvin Kamara's fantasy value has actually taken a hit from that. So you're, yeah. you make a decent point there, too, as well. 
Yep, we'll have to see. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Chase. I do have Kyron ranked ahead of Kamara this week. Uh, I have to kick this back to Chris. So, Chris, I think I might have let you uh, victory lap a little too early on Calvin. <laughs> Kyron, 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 Kyron. Kyron. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Since week one, Kirk's run more routes. He's had more targets. Ridley's only had 18% target share the last two weeks. That's like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three territory. About where I had him ranked coming into the season. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm just having a little. Fun with you but I, we spoke about this a little bit with the trevor lawrence of it all and it just it's just, just more of the same press taylor's got to go for this offense to turn around for everybody well i mean, also want to point out Ridley dropped two touchdowns last week too i mean he had two yeah. catches in the end zone there should have been touchdowns he had a pass interference so there was definitely yards he left and that was on him i can't take that away from Cobb ridley he had some boneheaded mistakes but i don't disagree i think what you saw is the offense kind of trying to get everybody involved which is understandable Christian Kirk was basically forgotten about that week one when Calvin Ridley had his good game. So that's what you saw kind of, you know, fix itself. Christian Kirk's still making $20 million. He's going to be involved in some kind of capacity. I think Zay Jones being injured actually might be a blessing in disguise. I think you're seeing these situations where sometimes some of these play callers, particularly when they're not that nuanced at it, when they're trying to get everybody involved. They struggle more so when they have less weapons. They do better because they know who to get the ball to. They know what to kind of focus their offense on. I think right now Jacksonville is trying to figure out, like, oh, we need to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, unless you're getting no continuity and no rhythm. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree, but I, I had to bust your chops a little bit about that. No, um, uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, def- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what's he even going to say now? Uh, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, high and wide, uh, low and wide receiver, two high and wide receiver, three. Can put him in that category. I'm still keeping Drake London on the bench if you can help it. Maybe a mid level wide receiver, four. And Evan Ingram's going to be in my lineup. I just want to mention Kyle Pitts briefly. We've kind of bashed him quite a bit. I, all I want to say here is that now, on top of everything else, while he had his highest target game of the year, He's now splitting time with Janu Smith down the middle, not just in snaps, which were almost 50-50, but now in targets too. Janu Smith coming out with eight targets in this game. Just another reason why I just don't trust this guy, why he will not be in my top 12 until either the quarterback or the play calling changes. Uh, So with that, let's go ahead and get into our next match. We got the highest over under of the week. The Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. There'll be a lot to discuss, of course, in this game. The Bills, despite the Dolphins' 70-point performance last week, the Bills are favored at minus 2.5 at home here with the over-under set at 53.5. Uh, we talk, obviously, you're going to play Josh Allen. I actually have my number one quarterback this week. Two tackle of Vogue comes in at my QB7. You're playing these guys, no questions asked, even though there could be a division game, two decent defenses. Do I think there's a chance for four performances? Yeah, I think there's a chance, but there's no way you're not plugging these guys into your starting lineup. Let's talk about Raheem Mostert. I want to kick this one over to, to Adam. Now, I'm lower than ECR. I got him at 14. They got him at 7. So I'm I'm saying he's an RB2. You're still playing him. But I'm not buying that Raheem Mostert is suddenly this mid-level RB1 that the people want to make him out to be. Uh, yes, he's been on a hot streak. Yes, he's had a ton of touchdowns. But... When I look at Devon's going to get involved here, I think the Bills are good against the run defense. In fact, I think the way to attack them is going to be with Waddle and others all over the middle. That's going to be the better way to attack this defense here in this particular type of game. So I'm not as big on Moster keeping this, you know, four touchdowns, touchdown every week, streak hot, continuing. And not just for this week. I want you to know this week, but also tell me 
for moving forward? Is he somebody you're selling off of? Are you trying to get out now? Because this could be a three-man rotation in just a couple of weeks, quite frankly. So what are your thoughts on Raheem Mostert? All right. Uh, first, I'm not especially trying to trade him. Now, we talked earlier, uh, and I know that you made a great trade, uh, including him, um, this past week. So kudos there, first of all. And then second of all, Chris uh, is shaking his head because he's in that league, and he's probably like, he hates me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I for, think for, it's for, worth- for, the, for those listening and watching, the trade was Raheem Mostert, Tyler Lockett for Stephon Diggs. So now everyone's included. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> no so, Vaseline included. I, I think as a, a general statement, unless someone's especially below uh, what you believe their long-term value is, I think it's always a good idea to be shopping your players. If they're you know around where you think they should be valued, around market value, then why not? Or if they're overvalued, which I think most are, is maybe skews a little bit that way. I don't think it's crazy to the point where I'm trying to sell, sell, sell. But I, I mean, yeah, I'll float them around the market. I'll, I'll send out some trades. Um, for this week specifically, the matchup is pretty tough. I think you are going to be a little touchdown dependent. I don't think this is going to be a game where he goes like 15 for 100. Um, but hey, this is a really good offense. All it takes is, you know, the great wide receivers and Tua and McDaniel to get to the goal line and you pound one in and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Could he easily see something similar to what we saw with Ford, uh, for instance, this past week where it's like, okay, cool. I got 15 carries. 20 yards but got in the end zone so who cares um so yeah i'm cool with playing him i i agree one a one is a stretch especially this week but 14 feels like a pretty healthy spot um yeah i'm not dead fast trying to sell him if i get a good offer for him or if i i think there's someone who i'm interested in grabbing like a a Josh Jacobs, I think that could get really interesting because season long that, you know, that could maybe be a little bit higher upside. Um, but yeah, not especially trying to sell him. I am. And we just illustrated as to why I am because I actually did it in a league and you saw actually firsthand what could be potentially out there. Not theoretical. That trade actually got done. And the whole idea is that people are so desperate running back. You pick on the own three teams, you package it with another player and you might get a Stefan Diggs back. I'm just so for that reason I'm putting it I'm, I'm putting it out there. Uh so, <laughs> Chris is like, Lottie, what the hell da? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if I think I can get that back in, in the leagues that I'm in, then yes. <laughs> Chris, tell me about this question here. Uh Mo Diesel, half point PPR. Do I trade Mark Andrews and Terry McLaurin for Aaron Jones and Jared Goff? He says he has two, it's a two flex league. He has Dak, Etienne, Walker. Uh, Terry Hollywood, Jay Reynolds, Andrews, Ferguson, Downs, and Cup. So, what would you do here? I'm guessing this is Terry McLaurin because I was trying to understand. I was trying yeah, to figure out who Terry McLaurin. was. Yeah. Um, so, it depends on if you, if you have a league you have to play a tight end. I would not do this deal because Andrews gives you that advantage. Correct. Um, but I all think that if this is just as a flex option, I'm going to pull the trigger out of the Aaron Jones. Uh, Jerick off, who cares? But the Aaron Jones is going to be worth it just because, as we keep talking about in the show, how putrid it is the running back position right now. If you have an RB1 or even RB2 option, it's worth it right now with that lineup you have. All right. Chase, help me out with this one. Make Cod great again. Uh, two and one in an eight PPR uh, projected even this week. Would you flex Zay Flowers, Nico Collins, George Pickens, Zach Moss, or Rashad White this week? Uh, I'm going to go with Moss on that one. I've got Moss as a top 10 running back play this week. And, and I think that, you know, he's just, he's got a lot of upside there. 
Uh, 18 PPR. Everybody's lineup is jacked. I've got, like I said, I've just got, I've got Moss just outside of being a, an RB1 in your league. And the rest of those guys I do not have as being close to wide receiver ones or wide receiver two necessarily. So yeah, I'm going for, I'm going to go for Zach Moss in that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more, but you, you're in line with the ECR having a 10. I got him at 25. Zach, Zach Moss is a flash in the pan. It was crazy what he did against Baltimore. He got a ton of carries. I'm not going to sit here and start buying into Zach Moss as a perennial top 12 running back. It's not gonna, just, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry, I refuse. I've seen him suck too often for, for me to buy into that. And against the Rams, who've actually been pretty good against the run, too. Let's not forget about that. Like This has not been a shoddy defense against the run right now. So <clears> it, 23. 2023 in my opinion uh, i'm going zay flowers here especially in ppr he's been getting all kinds of targets and all kinds of catches so you do what you got to do cod and choose between the two of us which one you like better uh he commented and again also you guys trust in burrow or grab kirk and richardson off of waivers i keep forgetting it's the eight-man league i have been in the stack with anthony richardson if it makes a difference in your take uh it doesn't make a difference uh, right now i'm plugging in richardson not joe burrow that's me adam what do you think yep also plugging in richardson the rushing upside wins you and burrow it's clearly he he doesn't have the confidence to step into his deep throws that offensive line every dollar they spent on it was a waste i mean i was at that game monday and it looked putrid uh i think I think Burrow's a good quarterback. I think he's going to rebound, but that offensive line is really bad, and that team desperately needs the deep passing game to function, and I don't know if it does. Yeah, don't disagree. Let's get back to this game. James Cook. I'm going to hit that every single week. ECR has him ranked inside the top 12, which I do this week at 10. I got him at 17. He continues not to score touchdowns. He continues not to get the passing work. I don't understand the infatuation with James Cook when he's only a between the 20 runner. Uh, you're definitely, uh, I guess we got to talk a little about Devon Achan, Achan, Achan. Would you guys, I don't care who answers this. Would you guys plug him in your flex this week or, or are you going to like show some caution? I, I do have him ranked for what it's worth at RB 29. Cause it's, Hard not to put a guy who had 200 yards rushing inside the top 30 right now. Um, so I'd like to get your guys' opinion on this. I don't care who answers. Anybody. Are the Bills going to lay down on the ground in the second half of the game? Do we know? <laughs> that we have, do we have that intel yet? I'm going to guess not. <laughs> I'm going to hope not. <laughs> I I would have caution. I'm, I tend to be more cautious with especially things that kind of, of playing time out of nowhere – a guy who wasn't heavily involved early on when the game was closer. Um, I think you did see him kind of show his explosives. You just show his speed, but we talked a lot about pass protection. I think this game's going to be close. And as a result, you're not going to have a guy who's going to be as involved as he was last week where it doesn't matter. Just give him the ball, turn around, let him run as fast as he can. Yeah, uh, 100%. He literally was not touched. That's why, and he has speed. So, yes, in that situation, of course, he's going to go off. Uh, Tyree Kill, obviously, great elite player. Stephon Diggs, great elite player. Jalen Waddell, even though he still lists as questionable on your platforms, practicing full today, expect him to be back. High-end wide receiver two, plug him in. Gabe Davis, of course, your boomer bust uh, wide receiver three. Chase, I did want to talk a little Dalton Kincaid just because I think we're seeing now that uh, he was not going to be worth the ADP that people drafted him at. Now, I know Chris and I, we had cautioned people with the Dalton Kincaid scenario of it all. 
He's in a platoon tight end situation, was not the starter. Shocker, he's not playing as a slot receiver. Coaches talk up all these weapons, all they want to do, and eventually they go back to what they normally do. I have him ranked at tight end 15 right now. He's played less and less snaps every single week. He's only getting about a 12% team target share. Knox is getting 11. That's not going to get it done for people drafted Dalton Kincaid. What do you take of the situation? No, I agree with you. I, I like Dalton Kincaid more than Dawson Knox slightly, but uh, Dawson Knox is the one that's getting the red zone looks there for them between the two. Uh, kind of exactly what we thought coming into the season, at least what I had talked about with you guys coming into the season here, where Kincaid is there between the 20s and Dawson Knox is their red zone, green zone, whatever color zone that the coach calls it at the moment. Uh, he's, just, he's, not gonna, he's not getting a ton of those looks. And like you said, we're not seeing him be used as some kind of super slot, super sized slot receiver. It's just, he's playing tight end for an offense that uses a tight end. And then when it's time to use the tight end down inside the 20, they use a different tight end. So no, I've got him ranked at 15 this week as well. I don't, I don't necessarily want to be using him if I don't have to, I still like him in dynasty long-term. He's still a young, very talented guy, but uh, all things considered when he was the top, tight end coming off the board in, in rookie drafts this year. He is, he is going to finish as uh, at least the third or if not the fourth or, or less best uh, fantasy tight end among the rookies. Yeah. Well, uh, Gavin and Andrew, I do see you in the comments. We're going to get to you right after we get into our next match. <laughs> It's the Denver Broncos taking on the Chicago Bears, the big tickle fight of the week. <laughs> Get this. As bad as the Broncos were last week, giving up 70 points, they're favored against Chicago Bears. That's how bad Vegas thinks Chicago is. They're favored. They're on the road. Denver's on the road going to Chicago, and yet they are favored by a minus three points with an over-under of 46. Uh, just let that stew in for a second. What the heck do you do with Justin Fields? Well, here's, here's my caution, everybody. Don't panic on Fields. Guess what? At this point last year, he was QB. 30. He's actually QB 18. So he's ahead of where he was last year when the Chicago Bears coaching staff pulls progress out of their rectums <laughs> and lets him run again. Hey. He'll be back up to being an elite quarterback. So yes, 100% progress is going in the right direction. I am not, I am not panicking on Justin Fields. Adam, where are you at on him? I, I agree. I, I think, look, Justin Fields, the runner, will be fine. And that for fantasy, that's all that you immediately care about. For dynasty, I think things get more interesting um, because uh, it is pretty clear that he is either at best not developed or at worst regressed. And I actually think I err towards regressed as far as a passer. Um, he does not look confident stepping up into the pocket. He does not look confident in his receivers. Now, part of that is that his offensive coordinator – I think I, I was thinking about it earlier. I don't think that heads up. I don't think the bears are worse than this team, but I think Hugh Jackson from the Owen 16 Browns would be a better off as his offensive coordinator than what he has currently currently for a perspective into how bad this offense is being mismanaged. These wide receivers are walking. This offensive line is bad. And there is clearly no intention to clean up, hide, or do anything about 
any of Justin Fields' problems. So I have large concerns about the long-term passing attack here, uh, large concerns about every weapon involved in this offense. But all they have to do, all they have to do for Justin Fields specifically to have redraft value is do like 8 to 12 designed quarterback runs a game. It's all you need for him to have redraft value. Everyone else probably screwed because everyone in this organization is wildly incompetent and you are wasting a lot of people's careers every moment that they are continued to be employed by the organization. Like true Chicago bear style. Hey, Chris, you want to rate Gavin's team real quick? He's got a Herbert, Kyron, um, assuming it's Aaron Jones, Puka and cup chase. Ayuk, Waller, Ridley flowers Ford, Hunter, Henry Palmer Spears. I mean, I'm not really sure how to rank you against who you are playing against. I don't know everybody else's necessarily lineups about I me. Mean, I like your depth. I think you have a lot of different choices. I like the Puka Cup combination you had kind of covered. Jamar Chase with Brandon Ayuk. I think you already have you know stud receivers. Kyron's been awesome this year. So I think overall you should be pretty sitting pretty you know, in your league. I agree. Uh Chase, would you uh, trade uh, would you trade Watson for Burrow? Would I trade away Watson to get Burrow? Yes, I would. I'm, that's the way I'm reading that anyway. I, yep. I would. As, no, I would yes, I would. Now, Watson looked much better last week in a game where they, they clearly went for the pass. They've clearly wanted the pass to be to be like their main attack last week, and Watson did look better and showed some a glimmer of hope for this season that we might see, like I've said, the 85% of what Watson used to be, which would still be by far the best Cleveland quarterback. But no, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is still by far the better quarterback in fantasy real life at the moment, at least in real life. But you know, I, I would definitely do that trade. Yeah, t- uh, tend to agree. Uh, Adam, would you trade Ramondre and Roshan for Swift and Ridley in a full point PPR league? No. <laughs> That's tough. How's that for conviction? Yeah, really. <laughs> I I think I've turned on that a little bit. I I think maybe. How's that tough? <laughs> I guess my prior convictions with Ramondre have kind of made that a little interesting because I coming into the season he was the one I wanted the most on my roster. That being said, what Swift has done the past two weeks, I think you do have to go the Swift side. Good job. And Ridley. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yes. It's Ridley. It's Chris's I was, dude. I had my hand on like the wrong buzzer, the correct buzzer. I was waiting for Adam was going to go there. Uh, how do you guys think Aaron Jones will season will go? I have him because of his performance. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine once he's back out there with the hamstring. Uh, Javante Williams is a top 20 running back for me. The gap between him and Samaja Perrine in their opportunities has widened each and every week. It was 13 and six last week. And I think it's a matter of time before Sean Payton says we need to get to the running game to be our bread and butter because Russell Wilson sucks. Uh, speaking of Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson, that gap has tightened every single week. Herbert played five more snaps than Roshan Johnson. Ro- Johnson had one more touch. We've been talking about the takeover happening. I think the takeover is going to happen soon. Right now, these guys can really only be low in flex plays. I don't really want to play either one of them, but I think Roshan's going to be taking over sooner rather than later. Uh, Chase, you can help. Uh, Chris, actually, uh, time to go to you. you. You can help me out on this one. I am 
way ahead of the ECR on DJ Moore. I got him ranked at wide receiver 25. ECR has him ranked at wide receiver 39 coming into this week. Uh, what am I missing? Because he's been the wide receiver 28 the last two weeks in spite of the Bears offense being completely terrible. And Denver's allowed the six most fancy points to wide receivers so far this season. Why would you not fire up DJ Moore at least as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two? Why am I so much higher? Maybe they had some kind of intel in Chicago going on in that crazy situation that we don't know. Um, I, I, I can't I can't go with you, Dan. I, I mean, I think 100% DG Moore, while this, it's been totally dysfunctional in a passing attack, you realize he's the guy that they're looking for no matter what. Even his game is 70 to nothing Denver Broncos. They're still going to continue to look for DG Moore towards the end of the game. This is a guy that you have in your lineup. I mean, he's not going to be super throwable, what you're going to get, but I mean, you definitely got receivers. What about the Patrick Sertan uh, factor? And there's literally no one else you have to try and cover on the. Didn't really matter for Tyreek Hill last week, did it? Well, I think parts of. I mean, it didn't matter for Tyreek Hill. DJ Moore's not Tyreek. It hasn't mattered. I love DJ Moore, but it's not because Sam Halfter for 299 yards versus Denver offense, the other defense. This defense has been hemorrhaging. Patrick Sertan, look, I don't want to get too sidetracked. But Patrick Sertan and Denver Broncos, everybody can talk about Russell Wilson or talk about Sean Payton. That is a Vance Joseph, I have no clue how to use this defense problem. That's what you're seeing. And Patrick Sertan should be able to never, ever, ever be giving up 200 yards. I don't care if it was worth it. Calvin Johnson in his prime. Patrick Sertan could play. He was getting lit up because the second the way they're playing coverage, the defenses they're doing, they're just blowing and there's no effort. So I, I'm not going to kill him for, and I don't think he's going to follow DJ Moore all over the field. I think you're going to have enough volume regardless. Both these offenses are going to continue to get the ball back to the other one. Um, so I think DJ Moore is a guy that I, I'm with Dan on this. Like he's he's a guy that you're still going to have in your lineup and be pretty confident. I'll admit, like I said last week, too, and like I said Sunday night too, Dan. I, I I'll admit that I'm probably letting my anti fields current anti fields bias completely soak into the rest of my rankings for anybody that's supposed to be catching passes from him right now. So I think that's exactly what a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, low end wide receiver threes to me. If you're trying to choose between the two, I am going with Sutton. He's been the wide receiver 27 so far. Chicago is a great matchup. And even, since Judy's been back, he's still getting 24% of the target share that surpasses Judy. And it's still usually wide receiver two type of territory. Uh, Marvin Mims, let's hope he plays more. But until he does, you can't trust the big plays that's been coming out of him to actually put into your lineups. And I don't like Cole Komet this week you probably have better options than that so let's go into our next match we got the baltimore ravens taking on the cleveland browns in another big divisional matchup injury reports for this one we got gus edwards concussion he did practice in full today i think he will be good to go but rashad bateman and obj i'd be surprised we saw either one of these guys bateman dealing with a hamstring injury obj dealing with an ankle issue on the cleveland side both Deshaun watson and jerome ford popped up on the injury list with shoulder injuries they both practice in limited capacity i think they'll be fine and good to go obviously you're playing Lamar Jackson I am still outside the top 12 when it comes to Deshaun Watson even though they played better last week even though Baltimore didn't look particularly great on defense I still did not see anything that made me feel like we need to go out and get him they obviously had the game plan they were going to throw the ball come hell or high water against Tennessee and it was Tennessee so I I don't really want to play Deshaun Watson in the top 12 does, does anybody disagree with that no. no Dan you make a great point just remember it's Tennessee Baltimore's three versus the passing attack this year. 
People aren't throwing the ball over him, despite their secondary injuries. Deshaun Watson is only good when he had basically nobody playing like, you know, the the Dolphins were playing against Denver last week. He's <laughs> laying, laying on the ground. He's laying on the ground. I never saw anything like that before. Ole. Absolutely pathetic. Chase, help me out with this question from uh, Bass Slayers. Waddle and Kyron for Bijan in a half-point PPR league. Um, I don't know what the rest of your roster looks like, but Bijan's the best player in that trade. Yep, that's that's usually what I go off go to, and that's why I would also do that. Um, Jerome Ford, let's talk about him. I'm way higher than the ECR is on him. I, I don't know what everybody's problem is. They got a 23. They got an RB8 coming into this week. Uh, the game plan was to feature the pass again against Tennessee. That's why he didn't have a ton of carries, but he played in every situation. You'd want a three down running back to play in down in distance, short yardage, two minute drill. And I hear people this week talking about how they're freaking out because Kareem hunt ate in a little bit and Pierre strong had a carry. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Kareem hunt, by the way, already on the injury list with a groin and shoulder injury. He barely even played last week. Jerome popped up on it too, though, today. He, he did, but he practiced in limited capacity on a Wednesday. He's he's gonna play. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Uh, <laughs> Chase, help me out on this one. Where, where are you at on Jerome Ford? Am I missing something here? I I've got him right at ECR, but only just because I I don't like the matchup with with Baltimore's defense as much. But no, Jack I think you're right. I don't, th- I don't. There's yards. no re- there's absolutely no reason to panic on on Kareem Hunt taking anything away. There's no reason to panic on yeah on Pierre Strong taking a carry or two a week, which is pretty much exactly what he's done the entire time guys uh there's no there's no reason to panic on that jerome ford is the guy he's going to continue to be the guy uh they will throw to him they will run it with him they will they will do anything they want to do with him last week we said it was completely game planned to throw the ball much more than they ran it um i just like i said i just don't necessarily love the matchup with with baltimore here and that's why i've got him a lot closer to ecr than number eight overall but would it shock anybody shouldn't He's if getting he comes, touchdowns. Yeah. Zach Moss at 122 yards last week. I'm not really right. worried about the matchup against Baltimore. Uh, Adam, is there anybody in the Gabe Davis territory you would shoot for? I'm trying to think of examples. Uh, he's definitely not someone who I would love uh, short term, though. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts on on guys who would be in that same kind of ballpark cost wise? I mean, cost wise, I'm looking at it right now as far as. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jordan Addison's a good one with some high, high upside who's a little bit lower right now. Um, I have I have guys like Chris Godwin lower, you know, Marquise Brown at the quarterback situation gets a little bit better, maybe. Uh the truth is I kind of like Gabe Davis. I don't not really upset with what he's been doing so far through the first three weeks. So I, I don't know if I'm in the same bandwagon as far as like looking for other similar caliber guys. Uh getting back to this real quick though, Gus Edwards is going to play. I have him at 31 right now. I'll be moving him up once he's officially uh, active. So I'm not really worried about Gus Edwards there. Definitely be playing him. And thank God, because I did not want to have to talk about Melvin Gordon being potentially a thing. Are you definitely going to play Gus Edwards versus Cleveland running defense? Chris, do I have to go over the running backs in that territory again for you? Because I will. I'm just curious, because I mean, the Cleveland run defense has been lights out the whole season. It's, it's been lights curious. out, but the, the ghost of Melvin Gordon, the patheticness of Kenyon Drake, they need a running game besides Lamar Jackson. I, I'm going to take the shot there on Gus Edwards being at least at least a, a mid-level RB3. Because, I mean, you're talking about, I don't like Rashad White against the Saints. I don't think that's really much better. I don't like Damian Pierce at all. He's been absolutely terrible. And I got Gus Edwards one spot of, of Tyler Algier, who we just talked about. So I think he falls right in there. 
I'm with Chris on this one. I've got him down at running back 48. Coming off a concussion with Melvin Gordon. I, I don't want to have to talk about Melvin Gordon either, but with Melvin Gordon, Kenyon, all, all the, I think they are going to ease him back in. I don't think that they just automatically go ahead and shovel the ball to Gus Edwards every single play. Plus, you're coming off a 100-yard game for Lamar Jackson. That might still be their best option to attack this Cleveland defense. Um, I'm, I'm much more with Chris on this one this week. I like Gus better. I like Gus better long term than I do this week. All right. So you got him at 48. I got him at 31. Let me hit the. Gus bus. Go. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep. We already put our arguments out. I don't want to spend too much on time on this. We're going to keep track of this. So you got him at 48. I got him at 31. What's the, what's the difference? 39? 39 and a half. Is that the difference between those two? 48 and 31. Yeah. yeah, halfway in between. Yeah, would be what well, would be pretty much dead ass at ECR. Okay, so uh, what, what I'm saying is that if he performs better than 39, I'll win this one. If he performs less than that, you 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 win that one. We'll keep track of that uh, okay. heading into, ending into next week. We'll, we'll mark it that way. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Price is right rules. Yes, exactly. That's plus. Right. <laughs> uh, you're definitely playing Amari Cooper. I still have Zay Flowers, wide receiver two. He's gobbled up all kinds of targets. Rashad Bateman's probably going to be out of this game. Uh, if you want a deep sleeper, deep league, I can look at Nelson Aguilar because he's probably going to take over as that wide receiver too. Just kind of throw that name out there. Uh, the guy I do want to talk a little bit more about, though, is Elijah Moore in this instance, Adam. Help me out here. I got him at 42. I can't put him any higher than that because even though they're actively trying to get him the ball and he has a 24% team target share, uh, Deshaun Watson just never puts him in a position to actually get more yards after the catch. So where, your, where are you at on Elijah Moore right now? You think this thing's going to heat up or is this going to stay in this wide receiver four territory? I think Deshaun looked better this past week. He got the ball into Elijah's hands. That's progress. Did he give him anywhere to run? No. Uh, did he just throw him the ball three yards ahead of the line of scrimmage? Yes. Uh, but that's progress, right? It's not the nine targets for three receptions. So I'm confident. I'm still holding on to him. I'm doing everything in my power to not play him. <laughs> but I, I do. I think he's rosterable. I think that there is an opportunity for high upside because to your point, like almost 25% target share in most situations, that's fantasy gold, especially where you were drafting him. He's a talented player. He can do things after the catch. He's clearly getting separation. He's clearly open. They clearly want to get him involved. I, I have hope for the future for the first time with him in a while, which thankfully, because I, I, I loved him coming out. Yeah, uh, me, me too. I hope I hope he can go. Uh, Chris, would you do this deal, trade away Kamara for CD Lamb? Other I, would, I absolutely would get CD Lamb if I can get for on Kamara. I'm pulling that trigger all day, every day. I would prefer the Kyron and Sutton for CD Lamb, Chaka, if uh, if you can do that instead. Uh, Chase, would you? Oh, that's a dumb question. Hawkinson or Laporta? You're starting Hawkinson. Uh, next one: Should I start Prescott or CJ Stroud? That's actually <laughs> a very interesting question right yeah. now. And uh, according to my rankings. I would start CJ Stroud right now, who is actually looking good throwing the football. We're going to talk about Dak a little bit later. Uh, I do want to talk to uh, Chris here about this. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews in danger of not giving back to the ADP. Cause remember this is a guy who was drafted in the third round. He's meant to compete with Travis Kelsey for that top tight end spot, the very least. And now with Zay flowers working in the same territory as him. Mark Andrews has gone from a 34% team target share to eight, right now do you think this thing is turned around or no he played two games 
I mean, we'll he, was, he was pretty involved last week. This week, he wasn't as involved. I know Zay Flowers is the guy that people are looking for, but Mark Andrews, this offense in general, hasn't done squat passing attack-wise. Mark Andrews was involved his first game back after he was injured. He's going to continue to be Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. Of all different receivers, we're seeing in and out of the lineups and guys getting in and out. Mark Andrews, as long as he's there, he's going to consistently be more and more involved. If I trust anything in this offense, Mark Andrews, and I I don't know what Todd Mock is going to do or not do yet, but I do know that even in Georgia, he gets tight ends involved. So I have Mark Andrews, somebody I do have confidence in, and he'll be very excited to have off the line back again to help maybe he can actually get some more pass opportunities as well. Yeah, uh, David Njoku stays in that low end tight end one, high end tight end two territory. I'm not dropping him for the other guys in that same territory right now. So let's go into our next match. <laughs> The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans in this game. The Bengals are favored on the road at minus two and a half. I am taking that bet. Over under is at 42. Titans just look terrible right now. I'm just going to take Cincinnati to win that game by field goal at the very least. Speaking of Chase, Joe Burrow, I still going to have him in my top 10. It was good to see the Bengals were willing at least to give the ball to Burrow, let their passing game be the lead. And if just if nothing else was a quick passing game, but get the ball out to Jamar Chase. Hopefully there's a better job getting off the ball to T Higgins. I just look at it like this. If Purdy can just be a top 12 quarterback by getting the ball out to his weapons, there's no reason why Joe Burrow couldn't do it, especially in this match against the Tennessee Titans who have allowed the third most passing yards so far this season. Are you seeing it differently? Would you have Burrow benched? No, I no. I I said earlier. I said, hey, trade for him. I still have all the confidence in him. Like you said, this is a this Tennessee team is not good against the pass. Uh, I've got Joe Burrow at eight this week. I've got him in my top ten. I've got him as a solid starter. You have to have somebody else on your roster, pretty damn good, at the quarterback position to be benching Joe Burrow in fantasy. You drafted him to be your starter, and unless you drafted somehow another top ten or twelve type quarterback which may or may not have happened i mean if it did i don't know who else you got on your roster but uh joe burrow is still a starter he's a top 10 guy and against tennessee he should be able to toss that ball all over the freaking field this is a good question because it actually kind of leads in the next player we're going to talk about here from coco uh which two should they start between derrick henry alva kamara zach moss miles sanders adam which two would you start here i personally would do it kamara and henry by the hair of my chin 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 but what would you do I think I'm Kamara and hmm. you can say it. You want to, I want to say Kamara and Moss, but the other, the other part of my brain, I think I'm more conservative than that. I think I keep Moss. I think I kick Kamara down the road to next week. If I don't see Henry this week, then my long-term starters until Taylor comes back would be Moss and Kamara, but I'll give Henry one more week. Oh, man. Well, it's, it's brutal. Uh, we'll elaborate on Henry for me because ECR still has him as RB8. I got him at RB15. I'm more conservative than you are. I still got him as an RB2. Like, uh, I'm playing him. He's still Derrick Henry. He can still turn this thing around. But I'm like, unless Tennessee starts doing a whole new tryout with their offensive line, I don't know if this gets any better right now. So from that standpoint, I get where you're coming from. Not a great match against Cincinnati. They've allowed the eighth fewest points so far through three games to the running back position. And what's really killing Henry, 1.6 yards before contact. He's not even getting started. Like that's the issue right now with Derrick Henry. Does this get turned around in your mind or no? Uh, 
I don't know if the offensive line does first and foremost here, and this is scary for Henry in a roundabout way um, because of what it means for the game script. Tannehill might die on this field. We saw we saw the Bengals sack Stafford six times, and the Bengals offensive line is a lot of things. It's not worse than the Titans offensive line. That's a problem. That is a very, very large problem, especially the way Tannehill is currently playing quarterback. Uh, I am petrified for that. And that's right. That's the situations that's getting Henry off the field. They're like, Tannehill's going to die. I need Ty J. Spears to come like block or give me some kind of safety valve, whatever, be the third down guy. And they're just constantly in that situation. He's like shell-shocked back there. Um, so that's what I'm scared about. Um, gosh, that being said, I don't know. I, I think you have to keep playing him because I think Henry is still Henry. I think Henry is an alien of a human. He has 250 pounds. You can just kind of fall forward. You should be able to. There's um, a caveat to this, to this. And I know I'm sorry for cutting you up. There's a caveat to this. Cincinnati's only allowed so many fantasy points. They've only allowed two touchdowns, but they've allowed the third most yards in the league rushing. Well, actually the second most are tied with the Steelers. They're not allowing, allowing catches though either. I, I have to give them that. They're also not allowing receptions. Right. They're allowing over five yards an attempt, rushing the football, 455 yards through three games. So they're averaging 150 yards plus to their opponents per game, only two touchdowns. And that's Does why that they got such a big rank. Does that matter? Listen, you're talking, I'm all I'm so we're asking about King Henry and should he be yeah. ranked in the top 10? You don't think King Henry against the uh, defense that's that bad against the run in terms of yardage and giving that up? And I will take I will take my chances with King Henry inside the five if he comes up against the Cincinnati Bengals inside the five. I have I have Henry at five this week. Uh, I, I still think he's a starting running back this week. He's a, uh, I, I still have a starting running back. back. I'm at 15. There's no way he's an RB one. One additional asterisk I want to add, and by the way, five is rich for my blood. I agree, he's playable. Um, but aside from that. Season long, I'm a little more confident in Henry, not because of the offensive line. I don't get, think that gets fixed, but historically throughout most of his career, Henry has started relatively slow and heated up throughout the season. So I do have hope that that trend continues. Yeah, I, you know what? Henry's a buy low candidate for me too. Houston twice in the playoffs. Okay, as long as he makes it there, he's going to win you some championships. So he's still a buy low candidate for me right now. I do think this thing has turned around eventually. Uh, Joe Mixon, I'm right in line with ECR. He is an ON RB1. Actually, I'm sorry. I meant to hit I meant to hit this because this is another one we have to keep track of. Five and fifteen is a huge gap chase. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to add that one to our list as well. Uh, so we'll what is it, we make that uh, yep, what is it, it. nine 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 or nine and a half nine point five higher than nine lower than nine that works. Okay, yeah, we'll, that. We'll, we'll chalk that up too. Uh, yep, we're playing Joe Mixon there. Taji Spears still a tantalizing handcuff. Obviously, you're playing Jamar Chase. T Higgins still cracks my top twenty. Before we talk about DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Cam wants to know: Should you start Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy? And how do you like John Stone? I'm going to guess Johnston, Quentin Johnson, the rest of the year. I'm guessing that's what he's going with. I would play Brock Purdy versus Arizona. He's guaranteed to have a floor and guaranteed to at least get you a touchdown or two passes. Probably nice pet, nice bomb because Arizona. I'm not a believer. Um, Lawrence does show me something that I land offense in general. And I think Quinn Johnson's got some upside, but what I would not be too excited that he's going to replace Mike Williams. That's going to be Josh Palmer. He's going to replace Mike Williams. 
teams. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. Uh, blur pay here. PPR redraft trade uh, Garrett Wilson for Ramondre. He said he would do Wilson and Watson for Pickens and Ramondre, but kind of hesitant because of receiver depth. I would trade Wilson straight up for Ramondre. Absolutely, 100%. Give me out of the Jets. Just give me out of the Jets. Oh. That, that's that's how I would... I would. Besides Brees Hall, I think Brees Hall gets things turned around. We'll talk about that, but I, I want out of the passing game for sure. Uh, Jason the Man Arnold, I have Keenan Allen. Do you think he's a sell-high guy right now or Keenan? Keep him. Chase, what do you think? You clutch him to your bosom and never let go. Yeah, 100%. He's awesome and going to continue to be awesome now, especially with the injury uh, going on there. Uh, one guy who's not awesome right now, DeAndre Hopkins. I got him ranked at wide receiver 41. Uh, I don't think we have to talk about this because Adam said it best. Ryan Tannehill might die on the field. <laughs> and therefore, no one can throw that. him the football. So, yeah. We'll get that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely the headline for this show. <laughs> we Ryan Tannehill dies to Operation Domination. Adam shows you how. <laughs> Prediction. So yes, I don't love any of the pass catchers as a result. Uh, I, I, be a death yeah. in this game. Yeah, no Tyler Boyd, no Chicken Conquell. Let's go on to our our uh, next. <laughs> We have the Rams taking on the Indianapolis Colts. It looks like Anthony Richardson's going to play. He will practice in full today, coming back off that concussion, so he should be good to go. Uh, Puka Nakua, of course, listed with his oblique. I don't know enough about this Tyler Higby listed with an Achilles issue. I will talk to Brian Scott about that tomorrow. Make sure you tune in at 9.30 on our YouTube channel. Uh, Anthony Richardson, if he plays, do we all agree? Top 10 quarterback in your lineup? Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. We don't. We're not playing Matthew Stafford yet. Kyron Williams. One hundred percent of the snaps. Even though he didn't score last week, he's still top ten running back in my book for this one. Let's talk about Zach Moss because I am way lower on the ECR as I stated before. I got him at RB twenty five. ECR is RB thirteen. There is no way on God's green earth and good conscience I will ever rank Zach Moss in the top fifteen. So if you want to call me biased on this, fine. I will take myself out. How 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 can Kyron Williams be in that, but Zach Moss can't? That's all I need to understand. It's Dan. it's the same argument. They're, it's because nobody else is going to come on the field for them. Easy. Kyron Williams actually gets catch the ball and gets targeted. Zach he Moss was playing the ball last week. He, he literally fought the ball. He, he still seven, got seventeen like, targets in the last seven targets. Zach Moss is not involved in the passing game as much he as he's a receiving touchdown. He got a receiving touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. he had seven I'm targets sorry. last week, but he's Kyron Williams not the most talented guy in the world. I definitely think he's much more talented than Zach Moss. I, I don't even think that's actually a, a, a question as far as which one's more talented. You do, Chris? I think they're guys. <laughs> I mean, and that I part think... I won't disagree with, but I think Zach Moss is a lower tier guy. This is well, what, what I'm going with in the sense is this is 2023 and the guys who aren't necessarily the guys we think should be good doesn't necessarily matter because they're the ones who are the top of the leaderboards right now. I mean, look at the, look at your top rushers. Who predicted that after three weeks? So, I mean, that to me is what running right now. Zach Moss is a guy that for some reason is working for the Colts. I don't know why. The first some reason is the rest of the running backs in this roster are garbage. Absolute garbage. Say what you will about Zach Moss. He's the guy. The rest of them are very guys. The guys you had behind him were like, it's like, you know, trailer trips off your final side of the road. That was like, what is that? 
and this offensive line appears to be maybe not back to its form from like 2018, but it's much better than what's been trotted out there the last two years. It's ESPN, PFF, anything you look at, top 10 or so in the league. That's why. <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't played better. Here's one thing I want to throw out there is that while, yes, Shane Steichen looks like he's doing a better job with the Colts, we've seen them without Jonathan Taylor have running backs take over this role and not produce at times. What we have never seen is when the Rams actually commit to one guy, that guy not being a top 10 running back for a stretch when they commit to one guy. We have not seen that. Whether it was Cam Akers, Todd Gurley, whoever you want to throw out there, now Kyron Williams. How, so how, how, how many targets a week does, does Zach Moss have to have before you consider him a part of the passing attack? 100. <laughs> was Kyron top 10 last week? That's a question. Because would you do you, you consider obviously we all consider McCaffrey part of the passing attack, correct? In for, in San Francisco, uh, yes, but he has been less so this year. He's got he's got five, three, and five targets, and over two games, Zach Moss has three targets and four targets. And I'm not saying I'm not equating the two by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that like like Chris's point when he, he gets up a freaking five, touchdown last week. He when he gets up to five, come talk to me. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> but I just I just I don't think it's yeah based on what he's done so far. And based on where he's at, it's not outlandish to call him to call him a starting running back right now. And it's not outlandish based on the matchup right now to have him in the top 10. You want to call him as a low in RB2? Fine. This is not a good matchup for him against the Rams. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, Puka Nakua, obviously you're starting him. Still him as a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. Michael Pittman, who's been featured very well, whether it's Richardson, whether it's Garner Minshew, he is a top 20 receiver for me. And Tutu Atwell, as long as Cooper Cup is out, is a boomer bust wide receiver three. Uh, I don't want to touch any of these tight ends. So before we move on here, uh, let's just get in one question here from Daniel uh, Chase. You can answer this question for him. Do you start Watson? If you don't have any other option, I mean, uh, you know, who, which Watson are we talking about? If we're talking about Christian Watson, you drafted him to start him starting. If we're talking about Deshaun they, uh, Watson. You know now that I see the TMR, because I was actually leaning up to hit the, let me hit the oh, okay. If you say him tomorrow. Breaking news. It is official. Christian Watson is playing tomorrow on Thursday night football. There we go. So yes, you drafted him as such. Do it. Yep. 100%. Uh, I, I did a good catch by you. I didn't see the tomorrow part until after the fact. Uh, let's go to our next matchup. We got Tampa Bay and the New Orleans Saints. Seamus Winston back in action. No, you're not playing James Winston this first week, but I am going to keep my eye on him in the future to see if we can stream because I think it is going to be several weeks before we see Derek Carr again, quite frankly. Uh, right now, I just still have him at 25. The last time we saw Winston, he was QB 15 through his first three games last year when he got the start. So in that streamer territory, but what we want to lay out is for the wide receivers. During that time, Michael Thomas had three touchdowns, was a wide receiver 12. Olave was wide receiver 27, getting the ball down the field. Olave's emerged. Michael Thomas looks like more of a shell of himself but I think both these guys actually benefit a little bit with Winston there in the lineup. The one thing, Chris, you talked about this during that time frame, Alva Kamara was RB 56 uh, during that time because he was not getting targeted. So we'll have to see how that has an effect. Speaking of Kamara, I am much higher than the ECR. They got him at 19. I have him at 13. Look, I don't look at this as any different than week one. Week one, guys are coming off a of training camp, practice very little, especially in the backfield. They come in, they take their full regular roles. I'm not worried about that. Chris, are you with me on this one? Or are you a little bit more conservative on Alvin Kamara? 
has nothing to do with whether or not he's going to be productive or healthy or looking like he's got any Alvin Kamara ready to play week one. It's more so this offensive line is putrid and terrible, and he talked about his numbers with Jameis Winston, and I don't see that there's a whole lot of upside with Alvin Kamara right off the bat, but there's any chance of what his usage will be that week one. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, let's move on here. Rashad White is an RB3. I hate this matchup against the Saints. He shows you what happens when he's not. Rashad White, too. Sorry, go ahead. What'd you say? You hate Rashad White, too? So I, said, I hate Rashad White, but you were you were finishing off what you were saying with the matchup, but I was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, <laughs> I mean, not put that out there. I'm not expecting much out of Rashad White. Let's just, let's just no. put it that way. Uh, Chris Olave remains the top 10 wide receiver for me. Mike Evans, a wide receiver 21. Adam, I want to talk about Chris Godwin. I am way low on ECR. I have him wide receiver 38. They still got him at wide receiver 23. I don't know why. He's been the wide receiver 49 so far. He only has a 20% team target share. That's a low-end wide receiver 2, high-end wide receiver 3 at best territory. Mayfield is not accurate with him. 72% catchable targets for him. Evans is 85. He's only seen 25% of the red zone targets. Evans seen 75%. Mayfield doesn't like Godwin or can't get him the ball. Whatever the case may be, I'm not playing Godwin. I don't like the upside. Yeah, no, I'm right yeah. there with you. Uh, unless I'm playing where my lineups are especially long, right? I think we talked earlier, uh, you know, a three wide receiver, three flex type of setup, then maybe he gets in the conversation for that last flex spot. But otherwise, I have no interest in playing Chris Godwin right now. Um, for redraft, he doesn't. He's not quite in drop territory for me. I think he's still someone I, I have hope for. I think he can turn things around. Um, but yeah, to play him, not happening. Yeah, we're looking at Brady Bunch as you keep like, switching the boxes. I, I, I'm trying to, the <laughs> camera is all over the place right now. I'm trying to work through Here's it. Here's the story <laughs> as we go here. Uh, Michael Thomas is still a wide receiver three for me. I, I do have a little more upside for him with uh, James Winston coming in. I want to kind of see how that plays out. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't really care about Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, Rashid Shahid's not somebody I want to plug in. I'm a regular twelve man league, so uh, I'm going to move on here. Uh, let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> divisional week man we got the commanders taking on the philadelphia eagles in this one the eagles are favored at minus nine points the over under sitting at 44 pretty much relatively especially fantasy wise no injury report really to talk about logan thomas still suffering for percussion but i doubt you're playing logan thomas anyway we love hurts good for him we love the eagles defense because sam house sucks uh, what about Brian Robinson, though? Because he's been a story this year. He, he's he been a top 10 running back so far. Chris, uh, 2023. yeah, 2023. Chase, help me out with this one. Uh, I got him at 27. ECR has got him at 21. Last week, because of the negative game script, he's outsnapped by Antonio Gibson, who did absolutely nothing, by the way. Yeah. And the Eagles have allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs right now. So are you going to have Brian Robinson as a must start in your top 24 or no? Uh, I've got him in my top 24, but just barely. I've got him at 22, so a little bit lower than ECR, but a little higher than you do. Um, he's He's been good this year. I mean, he's running back eight on the season. He's he's had a great season. It's not a great matchup, which is why I have him down in low RB2 territory this week. Um, if you've got him, 
you probably drafted him more as a, as a low running back too, or, or a flex option anyway. So he's going to give you, I mean, in this matchup, I've got him giving you exactly what you drafted him for. I don't have a problem putting him in your lineup this week. I just temper your expectations. If you've been thrilled to have a top 10 running back out of him this season, you're probably not getting it that this week. I'm not worried about anything Antonio Gibson's doing because he hasn't really necessarily done anything, uh, even with the opportunities that he's gotten this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm still okay with Brian Robinson. It's just, yeah, I've got him way lower than, than what he's performed so far. Temper your expectations this week. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson, by the way. Prepare to be flushed. See ya. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he is my RB20. A little lower ECR, but still, we both got him in RB2s right now. Chris, we finally got to see Swift with Kenneth Gainwell. It basically broke down to a 55-45 split. A large portion of Gainwell's touches came when the Eagles had the Gainwell in hand in the second half. So how do you see this moving forward? Is Swift ready to just take over? Yes. I think you're extremely low on him this week. I love Swift. I, I have Swift and anything I can have Swift in right now, I'm playing it. The Eagle line is playing superb. They're blowing holes wide open for him with his speed, and they haven't even involved him in the passing attack yet. I love DeAndre Swift. He's definitely a guy that I people know like to sell high on people. To me, DeAndre Swift, if you can buy DeAndre Swift still, get your hands on him. Yeah, I gotta, I could easily make the case for him meeting in 16. I have Sanders, James Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Javante Williams right there in front of him, but I, I, I put him in the same tier group of guys anyway. Regardless, he's in your lineup as an RB2. Ken uh, Gainwell is still a high in handcuff, though, because we know Swift has a tendency not to stay healthy, and this is a two man thing. Uh, Rashad Penny's clearly not a thing on this team. Maybe Boston Scott's a little bit, but I definitely think Ken Gainwell, if something would have happened to Swift, is a one for one handcuff. Does anybody disagree with that? I think Gainwell's a good handcuff. I, I was going to say real quick, we watched this Buffalo team run right down Washington's throat last week, so I think there's a good setup for Swift as well. Yeah, I like that too. That's true. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, fire them up. Could both be wide receiver ones. At the very least, you got them in their starting lineup. Do you want to talk about uh, Terry McLaurin here? Adam, help me out. I got him at wide receiver 37. ECR's got him at 32. I don't want to start commander receivers, especially against good defenses, because, again, I don't trust Sam Howell to actually get the ball out to him. And McLaurin has been the better receiver and still only getting an 18% team target share. has been wide receiver 46 so far. Uh, Sam Howell is doing exactly what I feared for these two guys, and he's just killing their value. Where do you see this going? I think that there's room for it to improve, but I don't think that those strides of improvement are going to happen against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, yeah, I, I look, I think expectations for McLaurin with that injury should have been very low coming into the season. Regardless, there wasn't any world in my head, at least where he started off strong. Um, so did part of it could be Howell and I, I well, part of it is Howell, right? He's a big part. The quarterback's a big part. Um, but part of it, I, I think, was week one and week two. I don't really think we got a full McLaurin game, really. Um, I think we got 80 to, you know, whatever percent of McLaurin. Um, so I, I have high hopes for him throughout the season to at least, you know, be playable. But right now, I, yeah, I think he's right out of it to where, you know, maybe if you're a little weak, he's a flex consideration. But otherwise, you're definitely not putting him into wide receiver spots. Yeah. Real quick, Dan, part of the problem from his is, is the routes that he runs. They can't pass protect in Washington right now, and that's same how he can't get the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Terry McLaurin's not a guy who can catch a bunch of screens and make people miss. He's a guy that kind of lives off that mid-range that's deep down the field. So I think that's a big part of what you're seeing as well. 
You mean Eric Bieniemy's not an offensive guru like Andy Reid was? Oh, well, that, that's that's, that's a side topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's complete complete shocker. Well, let me let me ask you a quick question. Uh, Chase will get you in on this because the only one who doesn't talk on this subject. Uh, do we see Joe Kobe Percet sometime this season or no? Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's got to happen. This team isn't necessarily going anywhere right now. Unless we see some big improvement from Sam Howell in terms of how he runs the the, the passing game, uh, yeah, I mean, we know that Jacoby Brissett is one of, if not the most capable backup in the league in terms of, I mean, he's just he's a steadying, calming influence. Look what he did in Cleveland. Uh, look what he did in Indianapolis. The the guy just comes in and he's a professional and he kind of just kind of calms the waters whenever he comes in and. Uh, if we were to see Jacoby Brissett, I think that would be a major positive for both Jahan Dotson and, and Terry McLaurin, because I just think that Jacoby Brissett is the epitome of a professional quarterback, professional football player. Um, that being said, I mean, you know, I'm not running the show down there with Riverboat Ron and, and Eric Bieniemy trying to prove himself to the world. So, yeah. Speaking I, of Ron, he could very easily be coaching for his job by the second half of the season. Yeah, that, I, I think he's been that could be why I think we see Brissett. Yep, 100%. They started off 2-0, and which is not what they really are. They're going to lose three or four in a row, and it's going to be like, oh, shit, what do we do now? New ownership group, a <laughs> lot of excitement around that franchise right now. They need to match that intensity, and, yeah, I think you're correct there. I think it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. It's as sure of a bet as it is that we're going to see Trevor Simeon start for the Jets. Oh, we still got to talk about that. Uh, Dallas Goddard, top 10 tight end this week as well. Uh, so now with that, we can move on to our next match. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers in this one. Injury-wise, Bryce Young still dealing with the ankle issue. We'll wait and see. We're leaning towards he did practice in limited capacity, but they're still not sure if he's actually going to play this week. Uh, Jonathan Mingo also got in a limited practice today dealing with a concussion issue. The Vikings are favored in this game at minus three and a half. And Vikings... You get your first win and your cover this year against the Carolina Panthers. I will say this for the over-under at 46. If it's confirmed that Andy Dalton plays, I'm going to go over. If it's confirmed that Bryce Young plays, I'm going to go under. So wait to see who the quarterback is going to be. Uh, pretty much is what it boils down to with that one. Kirk Cousins, top 10 quarterback. Keep playing him on fire, throwing the ball all over the place. Great. Fantastic. Andy Dalton, DFS, if he plays... I might give him a little look against that Minnesota defense. I'm just going to throw that out there. Cheap little bargain play. Uh, Miles Sanders, we're still playing him as an RB2 with the volume that he's getting, although it's very not exciting. Speaking of not exciting, Chase, Alexander Madison, the ECR has got him at RB17. I got him at RB21. Still low in RB2. The matchup's not terrible. The one thing he did, was that he played well against a bad run defense and was efficient enough, kind of like Rashad White a couple weeks ago against Chicago, yeah. where he doesn't lose his job just yet to Cam Akers. <laughs> Not yet, but I feel like it's coming. Uh, but it, so if you if you have Alexander Madison right now and he's coming off a decent performance, are you trying to trade him away? Do you think you can trade him away? Or are you going to ride this out? You think maybe Cam Akers doesn't? I would I would like to be able to trade him away. I don't know that you necessarily can. 
Alexander Madison is Jake from State Farm. Remember the original Jake from State Farm commercial where the dude's on the phone and his wife is like, who's that? What the hell? And he's like, well, it's Jake from State Farm. Well, she sounds hideous. And the husband's like, well, he's a guy. So that there he is. He's a guy. And the new Jake from State Farm hangs out with a lot of great football players and NFL guys, right? But still doesn't do anything football-wise. That's Alexander Madison. He's just a dude. He's not going to be the superstar we all thought he might be when we saw him two and a half times a year filling in for Delvin Cook. If you can get anybody to take him off your hands and give you something commensurate with where you drafted him and what you drafted him to be, I would jump on that. Um, I don't like the situation with Akers being there, with Chandler still being used, but I don't know that you're going to get anybody to bite on that, unfortunately. I have him right there at ECR, like you said, I have him at 17 just because, yeah, I mean, he's a dude. It's it's a good matchup. It's a decent enough matchup. He should be able to find some yards, might stumble into the end zone a little bit. So, but he's just a dude. He's just, well, he's a guy. So, yeah, uh, Carolina third most good for the running back so far this this week. So it's not a ter- uh, this year. So it's not a terrible matchup. But uh, the only reason I have inside my top 24 is because I don't think Cam Akers just yet is going to no, have no, no, a major. No. A major I don't role. have I don't have Akers even on the radar yet. No, I, yet. I I don't I don't either. But we just we had a comment on that. Chuba Hubbard still a handcuff to keep in mind, and Jefferson is Jefferson's uh, on a lights out pace right now. It's absolutely amazing to watch him and really frankly this entire Minnesota offense. Jordan Addison's you know he's kicking even though he's playing third and by a large gap actually when it comes to routes run behind KJ Osborne still in that wide receiver three high end wide receiver four flex territory right now Adam Thielen coming back from the dead with Andy Dahl and he's like yes somebody could throw me the ball downfield yay 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 Uh, he's got a revenge game this week exactly how he sounds too yes (laughs) he's got a revenge game this week against the Minnesota Vikings if Dalton plays, I am firing him up against Minnesota as a strong wide receiver three with high end wide receiver two potential. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there too. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Uh, DFS. Gonna... Just record that though from this. It's the only time it's going to happen. Yeah. The only I I'm safe on my Adam Thielen hate because when Bryce Young comes back, it's not going to matter. So that's it's okay to admit it for one game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson will be my tight end too. TJ Hawkinson on pace again to be the top targeted tight end this year. So kind of keep that in mind right now. That's how this Minnesota Viking offense is going. Uh, let's hit it to our next. <laughs> We got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Houston Texans in Houston. Pittsburgh favored at minus three in this game with an over-under of 46. I am taking the Houston Texans to win this game outright. They're going to do it two weeks in a row, gentlemen. They're going to do it two weeks in a row. I am not that impressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I've been on the record that before. They have a good pass rush. The TJ Watts always going to be competitive, but I'm not impressed with their secondary and CJ Stroud's playing really, really well. The defense of Houston's picking up over the past two weeks. I actually like them to have the upset in, in this one. So that's where I'm going to go with that one. CJ Stroud, not quite ranked in where I'm going to play him, but is creeping up into my tier territory. Do have him in front of the ECR. Have him at 17. ECR's got him at 21. He's been the QB 14 to this point. Adam, are you going to stash CJ Shroud with the anticipation that you're going to play him at some point? I, I think we're getting there. He, he throwing with anticipation. He finally got his guy that he, you know, wanted the team to draft onto the field. Thank that was playing really well. That helps. He's a guy. I, I think with these young quarterbacks, it is incredibly important to have guys that make clear and obvious separation. And he's a guy like that. 
Um, you know, you don't have to be like, oh, I have to throw to a spot. Oh, I have to, you know, throw and hope the guy gets open by the time it gets there. It's this guy's just open. Um, and, and that's very helpful for, for young quarterbacks. Um, and again, I think Stroud's playing with anticipation. And I think ultimately my only concern with Stroud uh, coming into the league was, okay, but how do you play against pressure? Because that was the one thing I really saw him struggle with at Ohio State. And I think, is it great yet? No, but it's an improvement. Um, and he's not being forced into those situations too, too much. I think the staff is doing a good job of, uh, you know, keeping him confident and not putting him in awful situations um, where, you know, pressure is just going to be everywhere. The offensive line isn't particularly great or even necessarily good. Um, they're just not putting him in awful situations, right? They're doing their best to negate the third and 15s where you're going to see pressure. Um, so I think, you know, he's got that going for him. And there's just the simple fact of either they're in the game and that's because of CJ Stroud, because this team's not very good, or they're out of the game, you're getting garbage time points. Like those are the two scenarios that really are going to happen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think Stroud is a guy who in good matchups, I'm playing him now, probably, you know, not starting him every week, but I think he could get there this year. I think he might too. He's been very impressive and everything I hoped he would be. Uh, Najee Harris, I'm ahead of the ECR on the guy. They already want to bury him, Chris. They want to put him at they would want to put him at running back 27. They want to put him as a RB3. I say he's still a top 24 running back. I still say he's got to be an RB2 starting your lineup, especially this week against Houston. Now, here's what I will say. If he doesn't give you something against Houston this week, then I'm going to have to start burying Harris a little bit and burying this Pittsburgh backfield pretty much all together. Uh, it did tighten the gap between the snaps between him and Warren, especially last week, 52% to 43%. So there's a little bit of a concern. Harris not getting those passing down work like he used to in the past, not the full three down bell cow like he used to be in the past. But I still think he's a talented running back. And I still think there's an offensive line that will get better. So Houston, I got him as a top 24 running back. What do you think he is this week and moving forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I was going to come out on the Houston point. I'm just going to point out that C.J. Stroud doesn't have an off the line right now, Adam. His whole offensive line is basically injured, so that's going to be really exciting when he gets Larry Tunsil, for example, back, <laughs> who's one of the top tackles in the league. Um, but this Pittsburgh offense doesn't have that top off the line. They're waiting on what the horizons are playing right now. I, I think Najee Harris is basically struggling with we'll talk about a lot of the other running backs who are bigger guys. There's no holes to run through. So it makes the quicker guys look like they're better or more explosive but it's more so these guys are just kind of fitting what they can actually do because off the line has no opportunity for the guys to kind of get open. But Najee Harris is a guy that is going to continue to get the volume. Uh, to me, with running back situations right now, it's still a guy you're going to plug and play, and it has at least a flex option. I know that Warren's getting closer to the touches, but we know for the fact that there's no really such thing as a bell cow back necessarily. Joe Mix is one of the better running backs you can have as a bell cow, and he basically gets used like Najee Harris does. So Najee Harris, to me, is still a guy you're going to try to play, especially against Houston this week. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, Damian Pierce is somebody that I am hoping. Make it happen. Yeah, make him happen. uh, Hoping that as as the Steelers defense gives up fourth most points to the running backs, hoping he does something, like just bust into the end zone so that way you guys can go ahead and sell him for something. I told you, Damian Pierce is just a dude. Nothing special. 2.5 yards per carry. What's going on? Singletary, by the way, he's had his snaps increase every single week so far this season, getting closer and closer to a platoon. I'm just letting you guys know, the second you can get out of the Damian Pierce sweepstakes, 
freaking do it. Jalen Warren, by the way, if you're in full point PPR leagues, low end flex play, maybe because he has been getting enough work in the passing game and has been explosive when he touches the ball, especially in a matchup like this. Uh, George Pickens, a top 24 receiver, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Let's talk a little Nico Collins and Tank Dell, Chase. I got him flip flop from the ECR. Yep. Nico Collins at wide receiver 33. ECR's got him at 27. I have Dell at wide receiver 29. ECR's got him at 33. Tank Dell has run more routes than Nico Collins over the last two weeks, first and foremost. He's been number one on the team in targets, and he just looks like the superior receiver. Do you see it the same way? Are you leaning more towards Nico Collins' side? Is the Tank Dell thing here to stay? No, because Nico Collins is Jake from State Farm, and Tank Dell has not only been performing well this season, but we talked about this game specifically. We just talked about the fact that there's a bunch of car salesmen standing in front of CJ Stroud trying to pass block for him against TJ Watt. And they have not seen that. They have not had to deal with that yet. They are going to get a pass rush for this team to be successful in this game. They're not going to have the time to allow downfield and outside and, and long downfield routes to, to it to develop. They're going to have to go quick hitters. They're going to have to go underneath tank Dell being the little mousy runaround guy that he is and being able to get open. I think they're going to be able to get those quick hitters out to him. I think it's a tank Dell game for them. And I, yeah, I love him. I've got him actually at 28. I've actually got him one spot higher than you. I, I think it's a, it's tank Dell day all day. And uh, Nico. Yeah. I mean, Hey, he's a professional football player. I'm not, but there it is. <laughs> I tend to agree. Uh, Adam, help out Adam with his question here. He was just offered Derrick Henry and DJ Moore for Mike Evans and Zach Moss. Fucking Zach Moss. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm keeping Mike Evans. Uh, I'm potentially looking for a different deal for Moss. Um, he is someone that I, I think, especially, you know, after this week, you can sell high on. Um, but that being said, I, I want to keep Mike Evans. I, I think right now he's the guy I'm the most confident in. I, I getting Henry it, it could be interesting. Uh, maybe if you could separate the Moore and Evans part out of this. Um, but yeah, Mike Evans to me is the best asset uh, available here. I'm doing this deal. If, if, it's, if it's me, I'm I'm doing this deal. I'm betting on Derrick Henry being a low end RB one of nothing else. I'm I know DJ Moore is going to be a solid replacement for Mike Evans. Zach Moss could be completely useless if Jonathan Taylor comes back. I'm taking advantage of the fact that people actually yeah. want Zach Moss. And if, I, if you I could, could do Moss team. for Henry, I would be in that boat. I just I don't think DJ Moore is a replacement for Mike Evans. Chris, you're shaking your head. Get in here. I, I can't believe we're discussing uh, it's possible to trade Zach Moss for Derrick Henry right now. That's uh, I'm uh, just 2023. This is the state of the NFL right now. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody want a tie break between me and Adam? Because I would do it. He wouldn't. I'm pulling the trigger. I, okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see a ton of reason to do the deal for either side necessarily at this point, but. All right. Well, there you go. We got a two-two split. We don't have a fifth. Per- we don't have a fifth person to break all that time. Uh, Pat Fryermuth did finally get back on track a little bit last week. Houston's get up the tenth most fantasy points to the tight ends. He's a top ten tight end for me this week. And Dalton Schultz, despite the fact that he runs routes, never gets looked at. So we are out on Dalton Schultz. Let's go to our next match. <laughs> Thank you.
We got the Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers in this game. The Chargers getting bigger, bigger uh, favorites here in this one. Minus five and a half here against the Raiders. Now, it's important to note Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. While it sounded like Josh McDaniels didn't seem too worried about his timeline, we have not seen a player yet come back the following week from a concussion injury yet this year. So if that continues, we might be seeing Brian Hoyer for the Raiders. And for that reason, I would take the chance and lock in the Chargers now. Even against, even as bad as Brandon Staley is, I don't think he can screw up a five and a half favorite line against the Raiders if it's Brian Hoyer at the quarterback position. Um, Why? Why Brian Hoyer's in the league? Why? <laughs> well, here's a better question for you, Chris. Why Brian Hoyer? Why not Aiden O'Connell, who at least was a preseason darling as a rookie quarterback? We don't know what he is yet. Why does it have to be Brian Hoyer? You're not going anywhere. Why not give the young kid a look? That's more my question in this whole scenario. It's Josh McDaniels. You know exactly why. That's, that's exactly. Why, why is Brian Hoyer still in the league? Why is Josh McDaniels get another coaching job? I just give us the answer. Because he literally got – the one place he was stuck in New England even was like, we can't take you anymore. We're cutting you. And still, he gets another life opportunity. Poor Devontae Adams. Uh, I know. He's still <laughs> balling like no matter what, but it's it's disgusting. Uh, on the Chargers side, Mike Williams, unfortunately, is done for the year. Uh, we'll talk about Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson in a second. Austin Eckler back at practice, but talking about how he's still having trouble cutting, can run straight, but that's about it. I will get Brian Scott's opinion on that tomorrow, but – I don't know if it sounds really great that Austin Eckler is going to suit up this week. Uh, might have to wait one more week there. Uh, Herbert's been fantastic. He's a top four quarterback for me. And Josh Jacobs now we got to talk about a little bit. So I still have him as a top 10 running back because he's still getting a ton of usage. He still is Josh Jacobs. But my God, we thought Derrick Henry was bad yard before contact. One yard. One yard before contact, Josh Jacobs. He is not getting a chance to even smack into the line of scrimmage. This is a good matchup against the Chargers. It was a good matchup last week. He's been an RB27 this year, so at least he's in your starting, at least he's putting up enough production to be in your lineup somewhere. But I mean, Chase, does this thing ever get back on track with Jacobs? Do we train for Zach Moss, Chase? <laughs> that is the question. That is the question. That's bait. No, listen, here's the thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, you got to play him this way. You drafted him as a top 10 running back. He's been, like you said, doing enough to stick around in your lineup. Uh, This is not a bad matchup for him here against the, against the chargers. They're giving up four, four and a half, almost four and a half yards of carry. Um, I just, yeah, you're definitely not excited about Josh. Like like when draft day came around and you were like, Hey, he signed and and we're going to get to use him. You're not excited about using him right now, but you kind of have to right now. So you drafted him as your running back one, most likely. You're going to use him as your running back one. You don't have to like it, but you kind of have to do it. Um, he needs to show something in this game. I mean, for for anybody to be excited about him again, I, I would think, because... Would you sell him high if he does? you got to be... Or do you think he is a turning point? You Could have you to be... Williams after this? You have to be able to get something big for him. You have to be able to get something that, that can fill in. I'm I'm not one of these guys that clutches on to, to draft capital and be like, oh, just because I drafted a guy in the first round. My point is, though, you have to... Be, if, he, if he does something in this game and you're going to try to trade him, you need to be able to either have something like, yeah, you already picked up Kyron Williams or Jerome Ford and you have a, a replacement at least as a startable running back and then use Jacobs to upgrade your, your wide receiver core. 
or you hang on to him. Yeah. Like you said, and just hope it's a turning point. You have to be able to get value back for him. Uh, you're not just trying to bail on him and jump out. We've seen too much from him in the past to, to just cut bait on him because he's had three. I, I, I tend to agree, but that is going to be the question next week. If he does have a good game, if he gets Big into time. the end zone, so you sell high on him. So I figured get it out now. Hey, Joshua Kelly, prepare to be flushed. I don't care if Austin Eckler plays or not, dude. You suck. Like, seriously, <laughs> RB56 through the first two weeks as a starter against good matchups. ECR has been RB29. Are you kidding me right now? There's no way this dude's cracking my starting lineup. I don't care what's going on. I put him in the same category as AJ Dillon. You're not even a handcuff to me anymore, bro, because you already proved you can't even do it. Anybody disagree with that statement? Good. Uh, Devontae Adams is the top, obviously top five receiver. I don't care who the quarterback is. Devontae Adams is the top five receiver. Uh, Keenan Allen. I just want to give a shout out to Keenan Allen. It was my boy. I was so much higher on him than ECR coming into the draft. So glad to see him thriving in the new offense. And now with Mike Williams out of the way on top of it, you know, you could talk about Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson like we're going to in a second, but it's going to be him. It's going to be him who's carrying this team in the passing game. And it's, it's nice to see his role expand to actually get to go down the field a little bit as well. Um, but let's talk about Palmer and Quentin Johnson. For me, for my take on this, and Adam, you can you can help me out here. Uh, I look at this as if you're looking who to pick up this week, or you were, or you want to know who to play, whatever the case may be. I do think Palmer gives you the more immediate fantasy value over the next few weeks. I do think, however, because Palmer has shown you to just be a dude eventually to take you know Jake Farm, take it from Chase over there. That Quentin Johnson does, as the season goes on, carve himself out a larger role and become that number two receiver to Keenan Allen, I think, down the road. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, I, pretty similar. I, I think Johnson's a, a better player. I, I think Palmer's the immediate guy. Um, and I, I don't want to write him off. At, I mean, he's a dude, but he's not like the same yeah, level. Terrible. Like, look. We, the guys we've been calling a dude are like Nico Collins and Zach Moss. And I can't possibly put Josh Palmer in that tier. Look, last year, he was the closest thing that you really see at the wide receiver position to a handcuff. Anytime one of them was down, Josh Palmer was a legitimately playable wide receiver. And I don't think that that necessarily changes. Herbert trusts him. He does separate. He's a good guy. He's a good player. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to get too carried away with him. I th- think he can maintain a role in this offense kind of regardless uh, of Johnston. Now, what I I do think is that long-term, I don't know if uh, Johnston has that floor uh, that Palmer has, because again, I think Palmer is a regardless safe, good. He's going to be something. I don't know if Johnston will be something this year, but I, I do know that his ceiling, I think, is a little bit higher. Um, if he gets used, utilized in this offense properly, and if he is the things uh, that we think he can be uh, at this level. I think Palmer has earned his role in this offense. I think Johnson is the more dynamic athlete. Yeah, I think yeah, that sounds exactly. up. Chris, do you agree? This is a big topic. Let's get you in here. So I just think Palmer already showed you that he's over Quentin Johnson. I think he's shown you that this whole offseason. I think he showed you this season – and while I love Quentin Johnson, and I mean, we do our draft shows, and, I, and one of the guys that I was definitely high on, what I saw and heard a lot of is he's very raw. He's still kind of fighting the ball a little bit. He doesn't know all the routes. He doesn't know all the different things. 
And when you talk about trust, where the Chargers are right now, they have very little wiggle room. They can't mess around. They need to win games. They need to win games consistently. I think Palmer is going to be that guy they're relying on. He's going to be the number two receiver for the offense. Well, I think you might see Quentin Johnson have some booms here or there. You're going to see the balls get dispersed to different guys. You saw that last week. Palmer had a role. But then you saw more, a little bit more Everett. You saw a little bit more pen, uh, Arnold Ponham. You saw the love other guys being more involved. Quinn Johnson still didn't do a whole lot. I think his, his biggest game right now is 10 yards. I love him, but they're not utilizing him right now. And I also think the coaching staff when it has a more clear path where they use in Dallas. Michael Gallup and Palmer have a lot of very similar skill set. I think that fits what this offense can do. Quinn Johnson isn't really kind of what they're looking for necessarily what they have the pieces for the offense to be. I think Quentin Johnson, you know, upside's amazing long-term. I just don't love it this year for fantasy. Yeah, we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. But yeah, for now, we're all on the same board. Josh Palmer for the next few weeks at the very least. Uh, I will keep my eye on Gerald Everett and Donald Parham moving forward just to see how this passing attack does adjust without Mike Williams to see if one of those guys comes out. If one of those guys were to emerge and get the tight ends more involved, they could be a streaming option for now. We're still staying pat on them. Let's uh, go to our next match. <laughs> I'm with Jawan Johnson this year, by the way, Dan. Say that again. So Parham's like Jawan Johnson this year, by the way. He's like, all he does is touch touchdowns. Yeah, 100%. But I will say this. Last week, he did start to split the snaps of Joe Everett a little bit more. So we have to see if that thing kind of develops a little bit as it moves forward, too. Uh, So our next matchup here is New England Patriots heading down to Dallas. The team that was upset, the team that was favored by 12 points and got beat by the Arizona freaking Cardinals. And yet the Cowboys are favored by a touchdown here in this game by seven points and the over under a whopping 43 and a half. Yes, that's sarcasm. I don't think anybody can bet on Dallas covering anything after we just saw the Arizona Cardinals did. So you know what, New England, I'm going to take you plus the seven points because that's been a competent team in their own right. I don't think they win this game, but I think they do keep it close. Uh, Dak Prescott, my QB 21. And I'm here to say, Dak Prescott, your fantasy days are done. You've been the QB 25 so far this year. He's only getting 6.2 yards per pass attempt. I rat I rat on Desmond Ritter all the time for putting up a similar stat line. He's not taking shots downfield. He does not look good. It doesn't look like he's seeing the whole field. I'm not impressed with the play calling. And it all kind of came to fruition in that Arizona game. I'll, I'll Look, maybe some of the air got let out of the balloon with the Trayvon Diggs happening later that week. But it was the Arizona Cardinals. Your defense should not be that bad because Trayvon Diggs missed. Let's get real here. So Dallas is going to Dallas. Does anybody think Dak Prescott is still a fantasy asset? I, no, I will I say wanna, that. Okay, Adam, then Chris. I want to add one caveat here. Dak hasn't looked great. I think a little bit harsh. And my one thing is, I don't know if McCarthy has updated this playbook since the first half <laughs> of the era. Thank you. I've been saying it all year. Thank you. <laughs> What did I tell so, you? I said it Sunday night too. Look, <laughs> you did. There, there are definitely some holes in Dak's game. I don't think he looked egregious outside of the interception. Um, that was bad. But otherwise, I thought he looked fine. And I think this play calling is outright atrocious. And getting rid of Kellen Moore was perhaps the worst thing they could have possibly done. Dan Quinn um, will be the head coach next year. I- I'm already going to put that out there. Yeah, it won't be McCarthy. I can tell you that <laughs> whether they go completely outside or it, it's Quinn, different conversation. They don't, yeah, they yeah. don't typically do the outside. So, yeah. 
Chris, go ahead. You got to do something about this offense. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to argue strongly about the Dak Prescott being days over, but I will say that he didn't have Zach Martin. And we know this Dallas offense goes as kind of Zach Martin goes. Uh, Without him, this offensive line is completely different. Dak Prescott doesn't play confident, like you talked about. They're not able to run the ball nearly as effectively. So I will give him that defense that they didn't have to necessarily the best quarterback. And I'll also eat crow a little bit where Dan and I had a discussion off air about McCarthy, and I was kind of pleased with how he was being, you know, used not necessarily the play calling, because I'm not going to argue with Adam. The plays are still, you know, stuck from 20, 20 years ago. Um, but I thought he had a decent rhythm of what he, how he was calling the plays. I thought he put him in a position to succeed. I didn't see any of that last week, and it kind of does remind you of you know, McCarthy. If I'm not more talented than you, I'm definitely not going to outcoach you. Nope. And that's what ultimately is going to make Dallas fall short. Uh, Tony Pollard's been a bell cow in every sense of the word. I don't know if he can hold up with this kind of load that he's been getting, but for now it makes him uh, easily a top five running back. Uh, let's talk a little Ramondre Stevenson here, Chase. Uh, I, I am right in line with the ECR. I have him at 18. ECR has him at 18. Uh, I do think better days are ahead for Ramondre Stevenson. He still has a stranglehold on the passing attack, but I just I don't like when I see games of Ezekiel Elliott getting double-digit carries. It's, ugh, it just makes me feel gross. I know it was game scripts because they had that game well in hand. He got a lot of his in the second half, but just taking away my opportunities for Ramondre Stevenson to score. I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think? Ramondre Stevenson is somebody drafted as a, t- as a top 12 running back. Does he Is he going to get to that point this year or no? Uh, I think he probably gets back or at least close to that. I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't think that we lose out on him necessarily. Like you said, last week's game script dictated, I think, a little bit more of the Ezekiel Elliott action. They may, I don't know. Here's the thing. We talked, I've talked about it before. Damian Harris was there last year and took stuff and took some scores away and took some work away from Randy Stevenson. And he still was Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about an aging Ezekiel Elliott if he was all that. I, I don't think that Jerry Jones would have let him go because Jerry Jones loves him some Zeke Elliott. Um, I, I think that better days are ahead for Ramondre Stevenson. I don't just think that Sunday is going to be one of those days because it's a pretty good defense that he's going up against this week. But yeah, I mean, he's still startable. I've got him. I'm, I'm dead ass in line with you. 18 and 18, 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Conner did manage to have a decent game, but I feel like they're going to go out of their way to get Ezekiel Elliott a touchdown in this game, which will kind of stink for Stevenson a little you, you, bit. You think that you think that's a something <laughs> Bill, uh, Bill Belichick's going to like? Does if they do that, if they go out of their way to try to get El- Ezekiel Elliott a touchdown, is that Bill Belichick or is that Bill O'Brien that made that call? Both. It's O'Brien. You think so? You think yeah. Belichick? You think I think, you they, think that's I a think- Belichick thing to do? Elliot loves, but when Belichick loves his guys, he he will go out of his way to get them featured a little bit. I think I think he loves Ezekiel Elliott and what he's all. Belichick's about. the one told him to play Zeke last week, just so you yeah. guys. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wanted to see him more involved. Yep. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, obviously a top 10 receiver still. He still gets featured like crazy. I am much higher on the ECR with Brandon Cooks, although I still don't have him cracking your top leader of the lineup by any means. I have my wide receiver 49, wide receiver 60 for the ECR. He'll get more involved. It'll usually be him, not Gallup, I think, most days moving forward. He's alive, by the way, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
it has been pretty brutal. Uh, Hunter Henry is still a top 12 tight end in my book, even though this is a top uh, tough matchup. But uh, Ferguson here, uh, I'm not, look, I'm not buying in the ECR. They got him a, a 12, tight end 12. I got him a tight end 17. I, I know the volume's been there. Technically, he's top 10 in targets. Technically, he's seventh in, in targets per route run, but he's still not running that many routes to begin with. He's still only playing, you know, he still only has a 55.6% catch rate. He's 31st amongst tight ends when it comes to actual routes run, and it's wildly inefficient. Jake Ferguson's not good. So don't get sideswiped by all these metrics that they're going to show you. I don't think this is ever going to be a thing. Does anybody disagree with that? He's a tight end. <laughs> I mean, he's that's a living, like. breathing tight end. Like I listen to we every week we talk about David Njoku, and like every week David Njoku gets you one point or not, or gets you like thirty. You have no clue at all. And every week we said David Njoku's guy on your on your list. So to me, it's that's it's another David Njoku. <laughs> Although, for, but unlike David Njoku, Ferguson has not proven once that he can give you that kind of productivity, even with the volume that he's been receiving. I guess that's my problem with him. Ultimately, uh, let's go to our next match. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, I cut you off there. No, I said right now if you get double digits at the tight end position, that's like blowing up though, Dan, just so you know. Like, yeah, uh, how'd that work out for Zach Ertz last week? Who I didn't have as a starter and everybody else did because of that. And yeah, what happened? Uh, I, top 20. I, 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 I just don't I just don't buy into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, the heavy favorites of the week at minus 14. Who's 43 and a half was Arizona over under. What's that? So, who hasn't been a heavy favorite Arizona this year? No, it's valid, but now after the whole Dallas thing last week, you got a question like, is this a line you want to bet on? Um, I still say yes. I'm going to take San Francisco to cover at minus 14. San Francisco's not going to drop the ball like Dallas did. They're a better team than Dallas is. And number two, even when the 49ers suck, they always beat the crap out of the Cardinals. Like, it's just, it's just like the little stepchild. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. <clears throat> um, Brock Purdy does make my top 12 quarterback lists. His ECR is going to be 13, so pretty much right in line. Two touchdowns a week. Pretty much gives him a nice, safe floor. There's not much to talk about in this game. I think it's pretty straightforward. Does anybody have a note? Well, I choke and die, and you guys just watch me. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was more entertained with that. I was like, you know, this supposed to be Chase was the one that was sick. Dan's the one just going over there right now, pulling a Ryan Tannehill in the middle of one of our show. Um, yeah, because McCaffrey is the number one running back. Connor's an RB two with the volume. You have a disparity on Ayuk versus ECR. You want to talk about that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. You're you're way higher on ECR, and I'm actually I love Ayuk. But I'm actually right at ECR pretty much with him. But you're you're a lot higher on that. What's your uh, what's your rationale there, dude? <clears throat> All right. Well, a couple things. One, uh, Debo Samuel's banged up, and Ayuk is going to be back and fully healthy this week. Number two, it's Arizona. Number three, Brandon Ayuk should never be a lower than wide receiver twenty at any point given this this year. Um, for the record, ECR has been at wide receiver 26. I honestly think that's going to get updated as we close to the week. I think that's more a reflective of he's quite technically questionable, not reflected of what his matchup is in, in, in this game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so as long as he's out there, he's in my top 15 in a great matchup. And the other thing we've seen is that even if Debo's out there, what you have here is that Debo and Ayuk get featured. George Kittle is the one who gets left out. That's what we, that's what we have seen. 
two guys are going to eat in this offense every single week as far as the passing attack is concerned. That's why I'm much higher with Ayuk than the ECR. So I don't know if you guys have a rebuttal to that. No, I don't have a rebuttal to that, but I do have one more question then. Why are you lower on Eli Mitchell than ECR? Not much, but why are you? Uh, I, mean, I think this I think this is the kind of game where players, if they jump I'm out in front. Lower. No, I'm you're not. But I mean, I think this is the kind of game where if they jump out, they don't need to give the ball to freaking Christian McCaffrey. This could be a game where Eli Mitchell sees more of McCaffrey more. last week against the Giants. Either they no. still get the ball to him in the fourth quarter, even though Elijah Mitchell was was more involved. It drove me insane, too, because I had the under on his rushing attempts. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's the fourth quarter. You're up by two scores. Why are you still running this game? What is going on? Um, this is who I have Elijah Mitchell behind. So, like, so ECR has him at 38. I have Matt Breida at 38. I have Samaja Perrine at 39. I have Kenneth Gamel at 40. I have Dalvin Cook at 41. Even with Elijah Mitchell getting more work in all of those guys I just listed are getting more work than he is so it's pretty much coming down to a volume stake as to why I have Mitchell at 42 a little bit lower than the ECR uh, so I just want to put it in the terms like that Marquise Brown is still a wide receiver four for me and uh, George Kittle I mean, you're a top five tight end, but like I said, if both receivers play, just just make sure you temper your expectations. Know that he's going to be a boomer bust type of guy. Um, so we have to see exactly what happens there. Trey's got a question for us. Redraft League, Deshaun Watson. We've got a lot of Watson questions today. Deshaun Watson versus Baltimore or Jordan Love versus Detroit tomorrow? Uh, we'll give it to the Packer fan. Which one would you do? Uh, I have them separated by one position. I'm going with Jordan Love because I think it's a slightly better matchup. I have Joe, I have Deshaun Watson ranked in front of Jordan Love still uh, this this particular week. I can't argue with it. Like I said, Jordan Love's been QB four so far this year. I just I can't think it's sustainable with the inefficiency that he's been. Anybody care to break the tie? Inefficiency. Deshaun Watson in the same conversation. I think he's Watson Jordan runs Lee. more, uh, and I know Jordan Love ran a little bit last week, but Watson's been running more consistently. That's the other tiebreaker. I wouldn't be surprised. This is a six to three game with Baltimore. <laughs> 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 Well, then I guess Chris is going Jordan Love. So we'll go with that with, with breaking the tie on that note. Let's go to our next. Uh, our next. <laughs> what would have been a terrific Sunday night matchup is now a one-sided affair. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the New York Jets. The Chiefs are favored at minus nine and a half points. The over-under, and I can't remember an over-under being this low in a Chiefs game, is only 42 and a half points. Like, just mind-boggling to me. Uh, 38 of it. Kansas City, by the way. Yeah, I'm taking them to cover at minus nine and a half. Until there's no more Zach Wilson starting for the Jets, I don't trust their offense to score more than 10 points. That's pretty much my line of thinking as to why I have the Chiefs covering that pretty easily in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, love him. Don't care about the matchup. He'll throw it away one way or another. Let's finally talk about the, the Trevor Simeon of it all. I saw this news alert, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I've been begging the Jets to get a backup quarterback. Something to pivot off of Zach Wilson. And he went with the only guy who I think might be worse. <laughs> the only guy who might be worse. I don't think he is, dude. <laughs> he might not be. But he. it's not like, like, like Mike White. At least I knew what Mike White was going to do. Simeon's not going to throw the ball down the field either. So, like, so Adam, go ahead. Talk about it a little bit for us. Uh, he's not going to throw the ball down the field, but he is going to more or less run the offense that for whatever reason, they seem very intent on running for the jets, which is let's just throw the ball short a lot. 
I, that's what they've been trying to do with any quarterback that's not Zach Wilson. Then they're just like, let's not throw the ball at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he can run the version of the offense that Hackett probably wants to run. Yeah, uh, Simeon true. can better than Zach Wilson. I don't think either of them can go down the field. So I think that's a mute point. Wilson is warm town to do it. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say real quick, we have a Green Bay and a Colts guy here. And while the Colts and Green Bay are both two and one, they're this. really impressive. I just want to badger you guys, or I guess we should play pretend thank you for all your coaches that are going around and ruining the rest of football Listen, right now. I have made because this freaking point repeatedly <laughs> that I have no effing clue how Green Bay assistant offensive coaches keep getting hired as freaking offensive coordinators because they are only ever offensive coordinators in name only. I mean, how many times have I on this show how we all been like talking about the offense? Like, well, they do nothing that makes sense. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it pisses is me this, off. It's a Green Bay offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. No, well, this, but it's, but oh, except this, that it's yeah, not. Segment, just, who's the coordinator? Was he Green Bay? Moving on. It's the God. I know. I, what the f- God. Is he defensive coordinator for the, the Colts? Moving on. Pisses me right off. No, yeah, there's no reason that, that any Green Bay offensive coordinator should ever get hired as an offensive, actual offensive coordinator. It's, it's disgusting. I'm going to blame Everflus on his guy. Jesus. <laughs> 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 Who is a <laughs> Going back. Inception. Oh, man. Hey, also, you know, back to the Trevor Simeon thing. Since the Trevor Simeon news broke, has Carson Wentz fired his agent yet? Or or any other quarterback that's out of a out of a job right now. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. Why what would you not fly in Carson Wentz? Because they don't Why? want competition. You guys know the answers to this. Yeah. Because here's a problem now. They're not going to go out and trade for anybody significant because they think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next year. They're not going to fire the coaching staff because Aaron Rodgers wants Nathaniel Hackett in place for next year. So we're just going to go down with this terrible ship with nothing changing, nothing in sight. Boyle's going to play. What happened? So Boyle's going to play. But Boyle's Tim Boyle. Play. Speaking of ex-Packers. Oh, God. All right, we got to move Hells, on. This. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself soon. We don't have um, to. <laughs> <laughs> Brees Hall, I, I still, I'm going to give Brees Hall a shot. So uh, his snap count finally went up last week. He's finally playing well ahead of both Alvin Cook and Michael Carter. He doubled up their snap counts at be. least. So the volume is coming to him. He's being healthy. I'm making him an RB24 this week against Kansas City. Uh, as you can tell, I'm saying that quite tentatively because with the Jets, they might not matter. Uh but that's the question, I guess. Do you guys think Brees Hall is talented enough to over? Because he's the only one. Like Garrett Wilson, I think, is screwed. But Brees Hall is the one guy who, like, maybe you're talented enough. And because you're a running back, maybe you can make something enough happen where he can overcome this jet situation. Or do you just think this guy's going to be an RB3 flex play RB4 the rest of the year? I mean, I, for me, I think it's going to be, are we ever going to see the coaching staff realize that you need to use the mobility of Zach Wilson? I mean, the best offense that Jets can rate right now or do is have <clears throat> Zach Wilson like Sam Darnold was used a couple of years ago in Carolina. And if they get back to something similar to that, Brees Hall can have some talent. But Brees Hall had to whine about touching the ball, what was it, four times the previous week? Um, yeah, they gave him more carries last week. I'm still disappointed in the usage, and I think that's the problem. Right now, this just offense has no rhyme or reason for how they're using their guys. He is that talented, 
But what you're going to have to pray to God, though, is that he has a chance to show that talent and get nine, ten touches a week isn't necessarily going to do that for him. And just to add really briefly, the reason we're in this mess is because that offensive line, I've said it a lot today, sucks. That's yeah. why we have this problem. <laughs> they got Aaron Rodgers hurt. Here yeah. we are. Hard, hard to argue. I yeah, think reason- it makes no offense sense for this offensive line, by the way, real quick. Like, the no, line's a gigantic offensive line, and they're playing a bunch of the soft zone stuff. Like, it makes no sense to me. Nothing right? makes sense. Just freaking run people over and give the ball to your best offensive player who doesn't have to rely on the quarterback. It, it, there's well, there's if, one. If, if you were the offensive Zach, well, coordinator, I would more. have Brees Hall as a two. <laughs> yeah. That's not the case. <laughs> I love Brees and, Hall, and I'm so pissed for him. We're going to see Trevor Simeon, I guarantee, by week five, by the way, because they're going to lose that locker room if they don't pivot off of Zach Wilson soon. I, this is plain and simple how this is going to go, especially if they keep doing it the way they're doing it. Um, Brees Hall, though, I still think I give him – I think he can overcome and still be an RB2 at some point this year. We'll see. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I am a little bit lower in the ECR than he is. I got him an RB26. I got him at 23. The reason I think he is more of an RB3 is because Clyde Ogilaire is playing more and more, playing an annoying amount, and it's taking away from Pacheco. Now, yes, Clyde Ogilaire did play when that game was well in hand, but that's the problem. There's going to be games when Chiefs are well in hand, and they're going to be taking away those opportunities, and Pacheco is topping out – 16 carries is like his that's the ceiling basically when it comes to his volume we know he's going to be limited as far as his passing game usage i think he's a flex play every single week no matter who they're playing the chiefs backfield has unfortunately become the same fantasy situation or it's fast approaching the same fantasy situation as their wide receiver room where i agree it's just there's a bunch of dudes there and any given week any of them can go off literally mckinnon could ceh could in theory and Pacheco can, but your guess is as good as mine. Whenever the hell that's going to happen, the one thing that we know two things about about the Kansas City Chiefs offense: Patrick Mahomes is going to be a number one quarterback, and Travis Kelsey is going to be a number one tight end, and the rest of that shit doesn't matter because they have Patrick Mahomes. I'll push back just a little bit on this one, though, guys. He's been pretty good. Pacheco's getting most of the playing time predominantly. We've seen Jeremy McKinnon get kind of phased out of the offense a lot of ways. As Dan alluded to, Edwards Hiller wasn't involved heavily until the end of that game. Pacheco was the guy, as long as that game's close, he's been getting about 60-65% of the snaps. So I think he's the guy that I do like in this offense. And there are going to be a lot of games where this Chiefs offense hasn't kind of hit its stride, but they will be blowing out people. This defense is pretty good. This is another week where they can easily score touchdowns. But it's it's the fact that he that that the presence of these other two guys is completely limiting mm-hmm. what Pacheco could be. He I want to have some agree with himself. you. But I also think we're looking at a, a, a reality versus a theory because some of these guys have like, you know, these bell cow roles be like, oh, well, like, look what Kyron Williams is doing. Kyron right. Williams did good because he had two touchdowns were fluky. Like Pacheco can't get two touchdowns in a game. Like that's not going to happen yeah. at some it, point. Yeah. If, if so this me, was 1994, I, that's the, that's the thing. Pacheco I, would be I awesome. don't know if or and or when that does. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't need Pacheco to be a bell cow. I need him to get the red zone opportunities. And they keep rotating Clyde edwards Lair, even when it's neutral game script, and Jared McKinnon, even when it's neutral game script, into those situations, and it's taking away. He has to be in a position to score. He has not been in that position consistently. Well, well I totally agree with you. Joe Mixon has how many rushing touchdowns this year as the Bell of Cincinnati? He's one. 
So that's well, they've also, three games. They also haven't been moving the ball. That's the difference. The Chiefs are moving the ball. They're in red zone scoring position. 17 points the, versus Jacksonville. The, 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 the Mixon the mix thing, that'll take care of itself when the offense of Cincinnati gets going because he's not losing his No red one zone. else is touching the freaking ball in that backfield. Right. They're not, they're not giving, Williams. they're not Kyrie giving even better four. because no one else is touching the ball besides him in the red zone, those opportunities. Yes. So th- that's the difference for me. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver three, becoming a wide receiver four as the days go on. Uh, I guess we'll just end with this game with this real quickly. The whole, the whole I can't stand Swifts. I, I can't stand Taylor Swift. I really can't. I can't stand the Swifties. I hate her music. The whole, the whole freaking Travis Kelsey. She knows that jacket could go jersey, over her shoulders, right? The jersey, she no, she doesn't. Up. She doesn't know what that means. Uh, the four hundred percent boost in jersey sales. Are you kidding me? Like. Swifties, I, I, stuff, Swifties are real, man. Uh, yeah, I want our show to be popular. Don't don't get on the bad side. Of the there was a tweet today real, that real she's more important there, to the U.S. economy than Wyoming. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's awesome. hard to dispute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I don't want my NFL Monday coverage to be off. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship. It's supposed well, to be sports coverage, not. Even. She's already confirmed to be at the Jets game, so. Yes. Oh God. Yes, I'm sorry, Swifties. Must see TV. I know quite a bit of Swifties. I'm friends with them. We're all friends. (laughs) I tolerate them in my life. I don't know. Next matchup. I'm sorry, just not my cup of tea. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Monday night game, Seattle Seahawks against the New York Giants in this game. Saquon Barkley still really not expected to play as much as Brian Dable and the Giants would love to have you believe so. Barkley, I think right now, is doing the smart thing. He's protecting himself. I think that's why he's the one going out there in the public. And Eckler's doing the same thing. And right? Eckler's doing the same thing. Of I have a high ankle sprain. I'm not 100%. You are not going to drag me through the mud and ruin my career. We all know what happened to Saquon Barkley the last time he tried to play through a high ankle injury and made it 10 times worse so respect to you Barkley for not pushing yourself out there uh the Giants is this wrong actually because I like I have my most here the Giants are favored by minus one and a half there's no way that's true there's no way that's true no it is true the Giants are favored by minus one right now <laughs> under 47 well guess what Vegas knows something pick of the freaking week Seattle Seahawks right like I know Seattle's not great traveling the East Coast. It ain't that bad. Like, give me a break. <laughs> what are you it's guys just, talking about? It's just that three point five home field advantage, right? I mean, that's a neutral <laughs> yeah, site. Yeah, your field goal home field. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. a ten point advantage, Adam. I, I like. There's no. There's no way. Um, I, I Geno Smith's a QB two. I, I don't really want to play him. Daniel Jones a low end QB two. I don't want to play him without Saquon. Man, this offense does not function the way it needs to. Uh, Matt Breda, I don't even have him in the top 36 the only thing i have for him is that at least he did play 80 percent of the snaps this wasn't necessarily a timeshare between him and anybody else uh but i don't know how much i really care to put him in my lineup for that i'm playing everybody involved in seattle walkers and rb1 you know dk metcalf tyler lockett top 20 receivers uh jackson's and jigba still not a thing ecr he's still not a thing although they're getting better with that they have him at 53 now i saw him at 66 but they, they, they had him at 43 last week so they're easing up on that a little bit I, the only thing to talk about is waller I, I think so like he's playing more snaps uh since the hamstring injury so i guess he's getting healthier that's that's the positive he's here on the giants right okay. he's tight end but, yeah like but like can you give him the ball? Like you have no Saquon, you have no receivers, and yet I still don't see Darren Waller getting the ball here. 
Well, so he got targeted, but the passes went here and here and up here, and <laughs> it's just well, bad. Yeah, they're all over the place. It's it's this one. It's one hundred percent here. Let's help. Let's help out Ray because it's more interesting to help out Ray and talk about this game. Uh, uh, right now, his uh, starting lineup is uh, Jalen Hurts and Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Barkley if he plays, Zach Moss, Hawkinson. Montgomery, he's got two guys in there I don't think are going to play. Uh, Jake Moody, Eagles, if Barkley is out, which I do. I think Montgomery's going to play, Dan. You keep assuming he's not going to. There was a lot of talk that he could have played possibly this past week. There's a lot of talk that maybe he'll play, but it's yeah, still very, very game time decision 50 50. The, the good well, news is, yeah, Montgomery, don't put him in your don't put him in your flex. Don't put him in your flex. Sure. Yeah, if he does play, put him in your running back position. I, I was gonna say the good news, Chris, is that because of the Thursday night game, you're gonna know this uh, ahead of time to be able to make a decision on it one yeah. way or another. But I do think it's a 50 50 thing. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Bench, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ray, send us maybe he's got it here. Is that it? Okay. Nope. nope, that's not it. Ray, do us a quick favor, real quickly. Send us your bench because we don't know what your options are, buddy, to be able to kind of yeah, help you. You might oh, be replacing I two days. It, I found it, it right. Never mind. Uh, okay. Here's my bench. He's got Damian Pierce, Kareem Hunt, Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, Jacoby Myers, Romeo Dobbs, uh, standard scoring six points per touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so I like Myers. Your, yeah, your waiver or your flex solutions, Jacoby Myers. So Go I, check I, your waivers ooh. for running back. I forgot. I forgot to actually mention this. Do we still like Myers if it's Hoyer and not Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh shit! <laughs> Chris is like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ray. We think that Brian Hoyer's still in the league. Factor. You'll know about Montgomery and Watson, and if one of them plays, we know Watson's then... playing. That's just got announced. Well, okay. Well, 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 there you go. Then I mean, if if yeah. you don't like Montgomery, or if you're worried about that at all. You could plug Watson into your into your uh I into your flex play, but you're still waiting on scene well, is Barkley so going all, to play on Monday night. On that. Is anytime you have a Thursday player, never put them in your flex. Well, just in case just in case something happens. Yes. But uh, to your point, I'm yes, talking about my, startable players in his my, lineup. So. My option here right now is that I'm I'm definitely putting Watson in your lineup. So that way, if David Montgomery plays, you can just play Montgomery and not worry about Barkley this week. Uh, that that's the way I would approach this. So, so, so in his lineup, though, who are you putting Watson in ahead of Olave or Metcalf? I'm not putting ahead of either one of those guys. Okay, I, I would I would bump Olave to the flex. Oh, okay, okay. Really, really you're case. playing them ahead of Montgomery is what yes, you're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. you're playing I see them ahead what of you're Montgomery. Say. I see what you're yeah. saying. Chris, what are you going to say? I was going to say this is also while. We, you know, everybody knows my hater, Damian Pierce. This is a good matchup versus Pittsburgh for him as well. If you're going to play a back, it's an emergency pivot game. option. I think that's the emergency pivot option. If Montgomery doesn't go and Saquon's not going to go, I think that's your emergency pivot option is Damian Pierce in RB2 spot. Um, the problem yeah. is you're waiting to hear on, on Saquon. Daniel Watson to start. No, I have him outside my top 12. Uh, that's going to do it for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. Another successful one here. We'll be back tomorrow with Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast to talk about all these injuries and some of the fantasy analysis that goes with them. In the second half of the show, we'll have Chaz Flaherty from Sports Betting Weekly. Chris will also join for the second half of the show. We'll talk about some of our bets of the weekend. As you can see, when we went through some of the values today, there's some values to be had. Everybody, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the bell notification 
notifications so you get notified when you have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app. A great Chase Thornton, Adam LaRue, Chris Dowhower. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We did another Ryan great Tannehill's awesome gonna die. That's right. <laughs> That's Ryan Tannehill is gonna die on the field. Breaking um, news. <laughs> exactly. All right, you guys take care. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.